Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back to the Reticle Up podcast. I've got Matt Kitzmiller on. He's a professional three-gun competitive shooter. Um, I'm stoked that you're here right now. Same. <laughs> he, uh, I'm going to call him out. He took notes, y'all. <laughs> Always do. <laughs> Never seen someone as type A as I am. So um, look at that. Love it. So I've listened to both of your three gun show podcasts. Um, and since then you've made quite a few changes, life changes, reach new goals. Um, God, you're shooting three gun and taking it by storm, but you're also taking AK matches and others as well. Right. Yep. You're just getting around the circuit. So, um, yeah, getting started. I want to talk about your cross country move to the East coast. <laughs> yeah. So my wife graduated nursing school and she's from Pennsylvania where, where we're at now and I really don't have any family in Arizona I moved there when my mom moved there um, or shortly after my mom moved there years and years ago from uh, central California area from San Luis Obispo yeah. so kind of a, a big not a cross-country move but a little ways across a couple states over um, just a few time zones too right right but yeah so I moved to Arizona and I lived there for about 10 or 12 years um and it kind of got to the point where my, my wife graduated that there wasn't, there wasn't really anything keeping us there. And our family was back here. Um, and both of, our, both of our parents were having, both of our dads specifically, were having a little bit of issues health-wise. So we moved back um, kind of out of nowhere. She approached me in like early December if I was, you know, asked me if I was interested. And initially, um, <laughs> initially I was like, absolutely not. I'm not leaving here. I'm not leaving my friends and, you know, the community that I've worked hard in and um, I don't know. I, I have this, I have like a saying that, that I hold, I have several, but one of them that, that I hold dear to my heart is be quick to say no and slow to say yes. And it, hiring people. <laughs> yeah. And it served me extremely well. So she started and I was like, no, and I thought about it. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, there's guns there and my dad's there and, you know, I didn't grow up with my dad. So, um, so uh, not only did we move here, we moved, um, we moved in with parents. So cool. Yeah, we sold our house in Gilbert, Arizona, um, which is next to Mesa, which where Rio Salado is. We sold our house there and um, we're hoping that the market will relax a little bit by January. We're hoping to buy. So yeah, it was uh it was nuts. We had a we had a blowout. My dad flew in. So my wife moved um to PA, I'd say um like early January. Mm-hmm. So my dad flew in to help me load a U-Haul and, and do all that kind of stuff. And a couple of my friends came and helped and stuff like that. But um, we had a blowout in the U-Haul, like in New Mexico. So that's one state to the right. <laughs> we, we didn't get too far and, the, and that blew up. But after that, um, it was all smooth sailing, piece of cake. Love it. I don't know if you know this either. I uh, just jumped from Florida to Tennessee to shoot. Uh, so I... I hear you on getting like reestablished or established, like, oh, you built the range relationships, the shooters relationships. So yeah, you gotta be like, no, I don't want to leave. But then there's some good stuff on the other side too. Right. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah. Leaving what's, uh, what's comfortable is, is kind of 
part of growth, right? I mean, you, if you do the same thing all the time, then, you know, you're, you're not, you're probably not going to grow um, to the yeah. same frequency that you'd prefer. So yeah, big fish, little pond, which we'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, many people also, they don't realize like how different shooting climates can be um, at different altitudes too and throughout the season. So when you made the jump, Arizona's dry, it's hot too. <laughs> What's the East Coast like? So, you know, I, I was lucky I had a crash course. Um, I started hunting about three years ago, I'd say, and just small game. Um, and then I really got into quail last year in Arizona. And then I decided um, that I was planning on hunting deer with my bow, which I'd never done before. And I bought a bow the season before. So I had a year of, of practicing and, and learning how to do that and acquiring all the gear. I mean, it's like three gun, right? And if you're going to do it, you got to, you got to acquire all of the equipment. And, you know, I, I, sold my Harley Davidson and bought a, um, a Polaris Ranger so I can actually get around the desert. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's a, that's a big deal. if you're hunting in Arizona, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to drive, you know, pretty far out and, you know, I guess it's probably like that everywhere, but I've only hunted in Arizona, so I wouldn't know. So, cool. um, I started hunting with a friend of mine, um, during Havelina season and I was unsuccessful in, in stocking, you know, you have to, you have to actually, um, you know, find animals with glass and then go and get them on foot. So <laughs> yeah. A little different than the East Coast hunting, you know, type. Um, so anyway, I guess short story long, I was in the cold weather for, um, and cold weather in Arizona, like where I was hunting is in like the, the teens, I guess, into the twenties in the morning times. So not stupid cold, um, but pretty chilly, chilly enough where you got to be layered up. So I'd done that for so many days because I I just I wasn't interested in going home empty-handed. So I went by myself day in, day out, day in, day out. And I um, which I was finally successful and harvested a nice mule deer. Um cool. and that was that was super cool. But I hunted until like three days before my dad showed up in the freezing damn cold for for me. So we left there and then got here. And by the time we got here, it was a full-blown snowstorm, like the biggest one that, that the East Coast had seen in a while. So was this February or no? This was, yeah, this was February. February. Yeah. 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 So by the time we got here, it was freezing cold. Um, I'd I'd contacted a few people locally to, you know, some friends had put me in touch with some other friends um, to kind of understand what the shooting community was, what what it was like, I guess, and where to go, where not to go, so on and so forth. So I got a couple days um, with my friend Ian, Ian Norris. Um, I got a couple days in with him. One day in specific where we showed up to a local range here. And I just needed to zero some guns before I flew back to Arizona because I, I moved here and then I had to go right back to Arizona for um, the Mystery Mountain match. Nice. So it's freezing ass cold. And I mean, I thought I was fine when I was in the house. I was fine when I was out front. I was fine. But as soon as we got on the range, I was like, uh, my hands just didn't want to work. My trigger finger didn't want to work. Um, it was brutal. I mean, it was super brutal. Yep. It's yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't what I anticipated. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I thought it was going to be a, I thought it was going to be a really easy transition to be outside, but being outside in Arizona and then being outside here, like I said, I got a little bit, I had a little bit of a, an advantage of being in the cold for, you know, a, a long time, but out here, you know, in, in the lower teens, it's, freezing cold so it's wet it's wet that's the problem the humidity right. so right. funny you said february i shot a super secret match but it was the freezing cold you know 
ice icicles and all the roads were, were snowed over and stuff and so i'm texting my buddy like hey do i still go to this match and drive up they're like don't be so florida and at that time i was in tennessee and i was like dude but like i'm trying to quad load a shotgun because i don't shoot open yet um like all my fingers were not working with gloves on yeah um, yeah i shot a uh I shot a shotgun match when I got here, when I first got here, that was my first match that I shot and it was amazing. It was all shotgun. So I showed up, um, my friend Ian kind of turned me on to it and I didn't know anybody but him. And I didn't even really know him. I mean, he took me to a range one day and I didn't know him before I got here. We, we share some sponsors and have some mutual friends. So, um, and I think I had contacted him or he contacted me before I got here. Like I'd put it on on, uh, on my story, I think one day on Instagram, like, hey, I'm moving in that direction. If you have any any pointers or anything, I think I think he responded or, or something. But anyway, pretty pretty organic, I guess, for the most part, that relationship. And um, we <laughs> we went to the shotgun match, and nobody knew who I was, you know. And usually, when I go to a new club, I wear a t-shirt. So <laughs> I, you know what I mean. So nobody fly under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just nice and chill, you know. But I wore I wore a shooting jersey. So people were kind of looking at me and it was a little uncomfortable. Um, and I started shooting and I mean, there was a couple other guys shooting open, but if you, you can imagine what it's like going to an all shotgun match with a, with a finely tuned dissident gun. I mean, pretty much, uh, hundred percent. And the next one's like 65, pretty much wreck shop there. <laughs> but the, my first introduction to wet and moisture on the ground was, um, our second, I think it was our second to last stage. I'm running, you had to you'd go into this little tight area and then pull your gun out and start running this way. So I'm coming around this corner and I, I didn't, I didn't like kind of, you know, slow myself down. I just kind of went really fast and I just ate shit. Just whoop, my feet went out underneath me and I hit the ground and I felt like I broke my wrist, but I was like, I don't care. I'm not stopping. And I picked myself up and just with, with pure hatred, I finished this stage. Yeah. So, cleats will serve you well you know what i bought a i ordered another pair of solomons on the way home and uh i thought about cleats a little bit but i don't know i don't know if i want to i don't know if i'm interested in making that full jump quite yet oh it sucked i mean but i follow my ass all the time and I, literally it happened mississippi match slip fell in the cqb match so tight positions and stuff and i was at academy that night for the next day <laughs> nice you yeah. know that's how, that's, how, that's how it happens yeah. um so and you won that match right i did yeah 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 absolutely crushed it <laughs> we shot we shot another one um and that was a nice day that was like um it was chilly in the morning but the sun was out so i mean it was in the 60s and you know yeah. i had a vest on for most of the day when i wasn't shooting but i shot a um a benefit like a an autism benefit all pistol match well they sold it to me as a pcc match um, and I hadn't, I hadn't played with my PCC in a while. And it's it, the one that I had built. I know we kind of chatted offline the other day about this. The one I had built, um, a couple seasons ago, it's like most PCCs where it requires, you know, it's like most open guns, I guess they require, you know, finesse and a certain ammo and not like that. And no, not like that. Just like this. And don't, don't look at it wrong. Don't right. on it. <laughs> right. So I didn't have any ammo loaded for it and it, cause it's got to shoot little shorties and, um, so anyway, I, I shot my pistol. They said, yeah, you can shoot your pistol if you want to. So me and my friend Ian and I, once again, we went and shot that. Um, and I did well at that, but I had a Kuyu long sleeve, like base layer. And then I had a shirt on top of that. And then I had um, a vest on top of that. And then a puffy on top of that. And I was still, I was looking at the, at the, um, the little, they did, we did some photos at the end with our trophies and stuff like that. 
and I'm looking at it and the guy presenting me the trophy is like in a t-shirt and I am literally all of that all of that is on and I'm sitting here like yeah just take a picture you know when I get back in my truck it's so it was just it's different it's so different in the moment I'm so glad that you're another person that does that. I'm like that. I I'm very, very cold natured, but they don't realize how humid it is. And like that wind just, Oh, it's awful. I'm not a bear. So they can have that. They can wear their shirts. (laughs) So what do you like love about this, this East coast change versus West coast, or what do you hate maybe about the East coast too? (laughs) Um, I can't say that I hate anything about either, about either side. Um, I, I guess in comparison, I definitely miss, um, I miss the, the ease of practice. So I've had, um, full disclosure, probably three practice days in five months, something like that, as far as actual live fire, go to the range. And one of those days was with, with a friend. So, which it's good and bad. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good if you're, if you're hoping to help somebody else, um, or to learn, but if you're in a mode of, you know, I need to preserve and I need to, to stay, keep my baseline up where it needs to be, yeah. um, then it's great. I mean, then, then it could be, um, I don't know, I don't want to say harmful, but not as, uh, not as useful, I guess. Well, it's just like sports teams. Like, I feel like when they play crap teams, they go down their level rather than on theirs. So whoever's the higher right. level is going to bring people up or they should. Right. Well, you're sharing time, you're sharing reps, you're concentrating on something that maybe wasn't your exact intention to concentrate on. But I've had very little practice since I've been here. So when I lived in Arizona, um, my home range was like 16 minutes from the house. Nice. And I had access to there um, anytime, but, you know, basically from sunrise to um, like 9 p.m. with lights on. So in the summertime, obviously, it's screaming hot in Arizona. Um, and you're not going to get past that, but you can shoot at night where the sun's not out and, you know, and really take advantage of it. So not having that has been challenging. Um, So I miss that. Um, Otherwise East coast, I mean, the weather has been interesting. I mean, (laughs) my weather and your weather is pretty, pretty close with regard to precipitation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, what's up. I mean, last weekend, last weekend, I shot a pistol match with my friend, Jeremy, um, up by like Harrisburg, um, which is north and west of here, about two hours. And that was the first match where it, the first match I can remember for quite a while that it didn't rain at. Like it's rained almost every damn match I've shot at this summer. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks. You just get tired of it. Yeah. But I mean, when I got out here, I shot Mystery Mountain and I came home and I feel like it was like a couple weeks later, I went to Texas Three Gun Championship. So that was fun. I know exactly what that was. Dude, that's the first, that's the first match I've ever shot in the rain. So I've never shot in the rain ever. What? Yeah. Welcome. Ever. Welcome Not to real life. <laughs> so I shot, I shot that match. And from there, I, I remember coming home and telling my dad, like, well, I'm a professional rain shooter now. Like there was a, there was a point, And I've told this to a few, a few friends. Now there was a point at Texas three gun that I kind of looked at my squad mates and people, you know, my friends, I looked in Josh Freilich was on that squad. And, and um, I guess Jeff Chafin was on that squad, but he's such a big dude that the the normal getting cold rules don't really apply like at all. Um, But like Kim Peterson was on our squad. And I remember looking at those dudes and I, I know, I know Josh fairly well. And I know Kim pretty like really well. Yeah. Um, so I, I know they're both from Minnesota where it's cold as balls and I'm looking at them and kind of like, you know, are they freaking out? Cause I'm freaking out. Like I'm getting to the point now where I am so freaking wet, like never mind the shooting part. Like I'm like, 
want to start a fire in a second like it's not like <laughs> starting to have a little panic attack so i kept kind of surveying them and thinking i'm just going to stick through it for 10 more minutes and obviously it finally subdued and uh and we got after it but after that i was uh i ordered some more gear got some <laughs> Some different gear. <laughs> Ordered another <laughs> pair of Solomons. <laughs> Stop! Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just, and people like they get, get so frustrated. Like people who, like you saw on Instagram, don't even shoot competitively. They're like, "Oh, go shoot!" I was like, "Excuse me," and you know, it'll be like, "Oh, well, I train the military." It's like that—that's beside the point, you know. Like that's not this, and it just it gets exhausting. I'm, I'm glad I shot it all, but like, fuck, just like three days of sunshine would be so cool. Right. God. Yeah, most of the time I'm looking at I'm looking at the matches that I'm going to shoot here locally, and it's like sunny, sunny, sunny. Match day, eighty percent rain. Sunny, yep. sunny, sunny. You know, and yep. I don't know. I I've kind of embraced it a little bit now, and and I mean when I when I first started um, with the rain thing, I remember texting my friend Adam Maxwell and saying, "Hey, dude, love him." Oh my, yeah, same. Um, he's in Phoenix at a uh, at some sort of work thing and asked for a, uh, a taco and burrito suggestion for lunch hopefully hopefully he's uh hopefully he's pretty good but i remember texting him and asking him like hey will all of my stuff work in the rain like will all my optics still work like will my red dots work like, obviously i shoot open all three guns have a minimum of one one dot on them so mm -hmm. or one optic i should say so uh yeah he's like yeah you're fine you know and i'm sure he's laughing having a good old time about that but um yeah anyway it it was it was kind of kind of nerve-wracking initially but i don't know i i think it, it kind of dialed it got they got pretty dialed in but the people the community here is really no different than it was back home um yeah. you know there it's kind of a, a one-size-fits-all with regard to the three-gun community as as you know yep so that's been cool um yeah it, it's i mean the first couple matches it was a little weird you know kind of sniffing each other out and um <laughs> sniff each other out right just just doing that kind of thing but now you know when i go to the matches that i frequent regularly um the match directors are are doing the same thing they did in other places that i shot where they're asking for some feedback and uh they want to get better and it's it's great i mean it's exactly what you know basically best case scenario so yeah that's what we need is feedback i feel like a lot of people don't do that so okay yeah before i remember listening to your podcast like you said you had access to range and targets and facilities do you have that now or are you still trying to get that established so I have, I have a, so most of these clubs here, you have to, you have to go through like a vetting process to a lot of the premier clubs here nearest, like I'm, uh, I'm probably 40, 40 miles outside of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, very, very tight, small communities, not a whole lot of land. So the shooting clubs here, um, there's very few of them locally within like, I'd say the 30 minute you know mark something like that yeah but to have access to them you have to you have to go through this process where you have to apply someone has to um, vouch for you it's like the boys club yep 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 and then once you get in there um it seems like it's a bunch of grumpy old men that <laughs> don't want to make any sort of innovative you know movement um and they want to keep things the way they are which is fine unless you're a three gunner or a competitive any gunner you know <laughs> so I, I got into, uh, my dad and I went to a club that's about an hour and 20 minutes away called Topton. Um, and they didn't have that process. And I don't, I, I think it was a, it was a, a little bit of like some of the COVID protocol was taking place. 
So you weren't having to, to do a lot of the things you normally had to do to get into that club. Nice. So he and I, you know, one of the criteria was that he and I um, needed to go to, uh, I think it was a minimum of one meeting and go and, and kind of show our face and fill out some paperwork. So we drove up there one night and we got our membership cards shortly thereafter. Um, and they have some bays and in, in a perfectly good um, place to, to practice everything except for like long range. I mean, there's, there's some, some long range stuff out to 200. Yeah. Um, that's and, not long range in our game. <laughs> right. It's not. And, and it's on a bench, right? So it's not, yeah. uh, they, they kind of uh, limit you to how high you can shoot by structure and things like that. So right. it's challenging. I mean, where I would use, where I was accustomed to going and practice for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour max, including setup time. Now it's like, you know, I want to, it's hard for me to even to, to put that much time in because now I'm looking at probably spending an hour and a half, two hours on the range um, and taking a little break in between um, and things like that. So it sucks, you know, it's thinking, that you have, yeah, I mean, you're looking yeah. at, you know, a minimum of three hours and probably realistically like four hours. Yep, drive time and all of that. And I mean, people don't even realize what three gun practice is. Right. God, you gotta bring all the crap that you bring to a three gun match. It's the same exact thing just to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really challenging. Like I said, we're going to, we're going to be buying a house. I'm, I'm hoping January into the year, beginning of next year, we're going to buy a house um, closer to where I shot last weekend. So that USPSA match I just shot um, up towards Harrisburg. There's a ton of clubs in that vicinity and um, there's a lot more land out there too. So if we can swing it, I mean, there's up there, like a $500,000 house is like a $500,000 house. It's not like, you know, like in a city where it's everything's so compact, like you can actually get a little bit of land where I might be able to at least shoot suppressed um, and get yeah. some reps in that way. So um, hopefully that works out. But I mean, in the meantime, it I've relied purely on, on like my baseline, mm -hmm. um, which is something I've never done before. I mean, this is my fifth year competing and I'd say my, probably my fourth year shooting three gun. I probably shot a year of USPSA before I actually got into um, shooting three gun, something like that. Yeah. Um, so luckily I've, I've worked, I've worked through my baseline and, and gotten my, you know, worst case scenario. I haven't practiced level that's typically been a little bit greater than the, than the average shooter. So I've been able to rely on that and dry fire in this, uh, in this, dormant time <laughs> <laughs> you know something i want to go back to that you said um and it frustrates me is range like owners or mentalities or boards so <laughs> the community here it's crazy we have this massive range it's super awesome because they do still challenge uspsa cowboy three gun interall 22 everything you would want right in a in a um range and they'll have sometimes two of those matches on the same day well the cowboy community and I used to shoot cowboy. I don't know what's up with this one. They get pissed at us and we're not allowed to drive our cars on the range because it's not period correct. So they make us like walk all the way up to the hundred yard bay and all that shit. And we're like, and they came up just to bitch, you know, in the middle of their match, came up all the way to bitch about us uh, driving cars. We're not even hitting them. We're not bothering them. Like it's not on their bays. Like it's insane, <laughs> right? How is that welcoming and, and improving our sports or our culture? It's not, it's not. I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't had too many issues with the cowboy folks. Um, there was some some cowboy matches that that um, that kind of turned the range over to us. I don't know if it was the three gun match that we shot monthly at Rio Salado or the long range rifle match or the longer range gas gun match that we shot, but 
one of the two, they turned the range over and they were, you know, they were always super nice and, and, um, easy to deal with. Yeah. My club is back home where I don't know what it is about this one. And, you know, I, I would, I would go back and shoot a match with them. Now I want nothing to do with cowboy action here, you know? Yeah. It, I don't know. I I've seen, I've seen some of that, um, at Rio Salado before the, you know, the, what do they call it? I think, I think he's called a range master. So Rio Salado is a, a real big place. Yeah. So there's a guy and his full-time job is to be at that range. Um, and he's, he's got his, his hands in everything, um, mainly safety related. Yeah. Um, but he's got his hands in every match and every, every square inch of the range. So the guy that, that was before the guy that's running there now um, was, I don't know, just, just not really cool. Just overall lived my, <laughs> lived one of my, uh, one of, one of my like um, life, I don't know what what's the word I'm looking for. He lived he lived that whole he took that whole like be quick to say no and slow to say yes thing a little too serious. Let's just say that, mm. which sucks when you're trying to build a match. Like he'd come and and you'd bring him in on a major match and he'd want to proof every single stage and look at every single target presentation. And he was shooting the match, so I'm pretty sure this guy was like you know getting a solid stage stage plans in. You know, yeah, yeah, for what he's supposed to be working, but he was constantly just just not friendly with people and just kind of an ass, you know, and, and you're right. It's not welcoming, you know, and nobody wants to deal with that. And it's, it's no different than like the ROs that are absolute assholes. You know, it's like, dude, you're, you're an ambassador, whether you like it or you accept it or you don't, you're an ambassador to this. You're, you're, yeah. you could make or break someone's interest by every, every breath you take, you know, and everything comes out of your mouth and your stupid facial expression that suggests anger and frustration. Like, Think about it, you know. So yeah, that's frustrating. I know I it. Somebody hears that though, because yeah, it, you know, it turns you off really quick. And even me, I'm just like, what the fuck? When I meet people, and I've been in the industry, I understand what it takes, but we shouldn't have to eat it so often. You know what I mean? Yeah. We shouldn't be like, oh, that's the norm, or that's complacent. You know that that's not acceptable. Yeah the the poorest I I can remember the few times and the poorest that I've ever been treated at any three gun match or any match period was at my home club, and I know. I, I remember when it happened to me, I was like, dude, I expect this from other places, but I don't expect this at my house. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how on the, on the flip side, everywhere I go, people are extremely nice, kind and welcoming, um, in all different types of ways. And it, it was the polar opposite. So I don't know. I think sometimes those people need to be checked. Um, and luckily for, for some of the three gun community, I, I take that on <laughs> full, <laughs> full on. <laughs> that guy was checked that day. And then he was checked again a couple of days after that. And um, the next guy will be too. So, I mean, at some point, somebody has got to stand up and say, Hey man, you know, like you obviously didn't get the subtle hint that you're being an ass. So now, now I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've, I've done that for new shooters and I'm here to stay. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I don't want to, I don't want to digress. But I hope somebody hears that. Like you don't, you don't even know if it could be the first time that they've ever shot a match ever. Right. You don't know where they're at. And again, like you said, we're moving to a new place. We're trying to make it home and pour into the sport and RO and, and do all this effort. So you need to be, you need to be welcoming that. Right. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the, the match I shot this last weekend, um, I hadn't shot USPSA and, um, I want to say it was last November was the last time I shot. I, I, I had been running a USPSA match with my friend Maniki for, probably two years, three years, something like that. Um, so I was, you know, pretty, USPSA has never really been my favorite thing. It was my favorite thing until I found three gun, obviously. Same. <laughs> yeah. And then once I found that, it's like, all right, this is, 
this is not not as fun at all no <laughs> but i still i guess i i didn't realize how much i was going to enjoy it um because i enjoyed the hell out of myself shooting this weekend and the camaraderie and you know the the guys were kind of you could tell they were extremely skeptical about me and my friend jeremy went and he shot a pcc and i shot my nighthawk open minor there you uh, go <laughs> they were on they were already like <laughs> looking at me like well good luck good luck bud you know and make sure you reset and this and that and it's it's funny i was like yeah i'll reset you know and at one point like four stages in three this was a seven stage uspsa match local match and i think it was the third or fourth stage in the the guy who signed me in the morning was on my squad mm -hmm. so i don't know if he was a match director or I, I didn't quite catch all of the hierarchy there but <laughs> he uh he basically said something along the lines of, hey, Matt, why don't you uh, just give me the tablet or give me the clock or whatever I had and, and take take a break out in the, in the shade, bud. You know, you've been, huh. been you know, working out there and to which I, and we had already established a little bit of back and forth, he and I, and I told him, I said, you guys went in the last two stages in Arizona. Thank you. Or period three gun. Oh yeah, my this, God. <laughs> this ain't hot, buddy. This is 90 degrees. And yeah, it was like 70 or 80% humidity, but um yeah, they're they're dying and i'm just in the sun taping give me this give me that yeah, give me this yeah. give me that so that's a competition in and of itself is resetting for me that's fun yeah. <laughs> it's the whole you know the whole thing was fun and when i left um i was telling my friend jeremy like dude i i look forward to getting back to a local club where i can i can go and, and help and and you know they can utilize my resources you know however they see fit and you know get back into some some match design some stage design because i do miss it it's a uh, it's fun you know i have the time um i have the energy so it's uh it's good exactly that. that's awesome yeah. uh going back to the three-hand community too for a second um you talked about ian right ian yep ian norris yep yeah so you're already brothers so <laughs> i don't know what it is about three gun right but uh, i feel like that's just family immediately so it's not really that scary when you know people or at least you reach out to people moving yep. um so in the in like the light of that too how has moving not changed anything at all you know with having that three gun community across the country like it's not scary it's not um i don't know it, it might have been under different circumstances like maybe if i didn't have you know a few years under my belt um, it might've been different, but I mean, it was, it was kind of weird. The, the first, the first three gun match I went to, um, was with him and I don't think I knew anyone else there either, but I mean, after a stage or two, people start kind of warming up a little bit and, um, yeah, it's, I mean, Rick Torres is another, another, um, local guy. That's a really good shooter. That's that shoots all most of the matches that we all shoot. Um, and I think the first, the first match the first three gun match was actually a two gun match here for like the season opener, which is a whole nother thing where in Arizona, it doesn't, you know, we shoot 12 months of the year. Yeah. So, um, I guess we wait for the tundra to melt on this side of the country. <laughs> I think y'all do indoor matches though during winter, right? Uh, they yeah. might, they might. Um, I don't, I don't know that they have the facilities to do that here exactly where I'm at, but they might have, they might have them somewhere. That's um, a Minnesota thing too. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the boys there, like, you know, Josh and the guys that, that live up there, um, you know, obviously Ruben and, and Travis and, and Adam and, and all those guys that are, I think they're shooting indoor, but they'll tell you, like, there's a big difference between, you know, the North and the East, like, mm -hmm. like even, even the Northeast from the North, like that place is in, like, I've been there in the wintertime and it is a whole, like, 
whole different level of cold. Like it hurts here in the winter. Yeah. Like it, the winter is so cold it hurts, but there it's on a, I don't know. Never going there. People are like, you should just move to Minnesota. That's where, you know, the shooting is. And even Missouri, I'm like, F no. I can't even survive in like 65 inside. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first match that I went to, they opened the season with uh, with no shotgun. And it was it was pretty chilly that morning. Um, but I shot rifle pistol. And um, I think I finished second. And Rick beat me, PCC pistol. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a whole new place um whole new presentations of targets whole new targets you know the way that they do things is totally different so it really changes and um i i have i have a another another thing that i live by that's <laughs> that's uh when you go to a, a new major match you have to go to it once um and there's some exceptions like i don't know john Wydell. Um, <laughs> for sure <laughs> there's a few exceptions to this but most of the time, at least for me, I could, I could definitely speak for me and, and probably for a lot of other people too. Um, you got to go to a major match for your first time and, and give and invest a, a poor, um, a, a poor performance or a lesser performance than you'd prefer, I guess is a better way to put it. Yep. Whether, whether you, you prefer to be first in your 60th or you prefer to be first in your you know fifth or sixth or whatever, um, you have to figure it out, right? You got to get a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, feedback, you got to kind of process what you saw, how you saw it, what it felt like, you know, and if, if you're, you know, getting up your game, you're probably going to want to know what it felt like, smelt like, you know, sounded like, and, and learn all of those things before you can go back and, and, you know, return with some vengeance. So it's kind of like that here. I mean, with the local matches, everyone that I've gone to, I think I've, I've lost the first one and went back and, and, you know, did well after that. So, um, I don't know. It, it's overall not a whole lot's changed. Um, my my dots are not on max intensity because there's a green backdrop everywhere I go, which is, you know, very good. I could save a little bit of battery life there, as opposed to Arizona. Everything is hues of, of brown and yeah, an orange and red and yeah. So that's been uh, that's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, and so I like what you said about getting your your feet wet under each match. I mean, majors are not too, you're going to suck the first time. And I just think about that. I haven't done a full circuit on like the second time around because I'm still at that right. starting point, which is great that I started during all of this nonsense. But I now have a feel for like what different like Missouri matches, Minnesota and Fort Benning, right? And USBSA multi-gun I shoot, even though it was two-gun this year, but... Right. <laughs> they at least like two gun for i think it's awesome that they do rifle and pistol for you that's right. good practice for us like i like pcc and pistol but it'd be nice to have that division you know yeah yeah um i i know when when two gun first started kind of you know rearing its its face i when it first started i would call it rearing its ugly face i hated it you know i just wanted more three gun and you know i was very um very outspoken with regard to you know how I was not happy about it, you know, and, and I guess, I guess in time, I've seen a lot of my friends that, that started shooting two gun in Arizona. Um, they started and, and they were on the other end of the spectrum. They're like, Oh, you know what all two gunners say, or all one gunners say, you know, shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. And I'm like, dude, it's so fun. Like so much fun. you have, I mean, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. It's, it's challenging, but once they got to the point where they they were they they brought their baseline up where they're shooting those two guns pretty lights out and they're still um, you know on an overall overall scoring 
when they're still seeing themselves down here and it's because they don't have that shotgun they're shooting these little targets yep. that with a shotgun at 15 yards is do piece of cake but with yep. a pistol it's so much time unless you're john browning right right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Jacob, I saw what Jay was in Jacob or Nate. Someone Nate posted that video, right, from Wyoming of shooting those long targets with a pistol. We're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> he cleans it. He had one makeup, but I'm like, f you, dude. <laughs> Man, I I've 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 shot with those with with the AMU guys once, um, and it was at the Trigun. That was the first yeah. time I've shot with them, and yeah, Jacob's pistol game and, and Nate's pistol game too. It was uh was pretty pretty interesting to rock to watch. Um, all three of them, Houston, Houston did super well too. It, it was, it was impressive to say the least. I followed Jacob throughout the, you know, his last name and my last name are pretty close. So I followed him. Um, so the stages that, that like we shot the all pistol stage and I'm like, I shot second, he shot first and it was the first stage in the morning. So I'm just kind of watching that. Like, are you kidding me? Really? I have to follow that, you know? And <laughs> yep. Yep. put a solid four seconds on me and it's funny I, I came home after that match and i was reviewing my videos and i i i realized that i've like when i first started shooting three gun i shot i was i was athletic enough where i could move fast and and kind of not have to worry so much about shooting accurate and it served me really well i mean i would whoa miss 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 hit 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 yeah, that was out again right then I got to the point where I kind of went back, I'd say about a year ago, I kind of went back and started paying more attention and practicing by myself and practicing primarily with my pistol and making sure that, that I can hit what I want to hit. I mean, the other two guns, not that big of a deal, but the pistol was just, I was good enough to get the job done, but not, not like a constant top 10 at any, in any match that I went to kind of yeah. shooting, you know, and that's where, that's where you need to, if you want to stay at the top, you've got to hone, you know, I, listening to your podcast with with jack the other day talking about the pistol it's like it's by far the most important i mean by way far so i don't know it the for me the the move of practicing to be more accurate well i never really introduced or or you know um kind of went out of my way to reintroduce speed so mm -hmm. now i'm watching that stage like i can't remember what stage it was but the all pistol stage from the trigun I'm watching it. Yeah. And when you're, when you're running across, whether you're running right to left or left to right at the very end, um, I assume most people shot it that way. It, I'm watching myself at like a snail's pace. Like I'm taking a brisk walk on the beach, you know, walking <laughs> up there. So when I got home, that was, that was a big deal, you know, to me is making sure that, that I'm snapping in and out of targets. And, uh, and I got to play with that a little bit at USPSA this weekend. So that was, uh, kind of full circle and, got and that's where uspsa helps out i mean truly i was a garbage pistol shooter and i forced myself to shoot uspsa just to improve on honestly i reached that level to move up to the 2011 the 2011 changed everything for me um i didn't realize that that would do that and i'm talking about overall wins or second place overall and i'm like what the heck that, just with a pistol you know and three weeks into that pistol it was just insane and like going back to shotgun too shotguns what other targets can you shoot clay aerials or anything that is flying or moving that's like really fun like that um those people like they haven't shot a texas star with a shotgun or a plate rack it's so much fun and it's so much faster yeah it it's funny i mean thinking about those i mean and and this this dovetails right back into what you're just saying and what i was saying earlier is that those guys that that are friends of mine um now they were shooting two gun and really in opposition to that to that shotgun um those guys they got i'm 
I wasn't there when I like I had left when I think the, the brunt of this was taking place, but I think they got to a point where they were being held back by equipment. You mm -hmm. know, they didn't have the equipment, which was a shotgun. Yeah. So two or three of them now have bought or are in the process of buying dissident guns. Oh, and, look at you go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I mean, whether I mean there's there's other people there now. I mean, I, I was definitely yeah. the, the person to bring that that company to that club, but yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, I, there's all kinds of other people that are shooting those guns now. So they get to play oh, with yeah. other people's guns. And now those guys are shooting that stuff. Um, and they realize how fun it is, but it's the same thing. Like, I think it's good. I think, I think you can buy yourself, um, into a better position with equipment. You know, yeah. I, I was listening to that. That's another thing that you guys were talking about. Um, I listened to it a couple of days ago. I'm sure you recorded it a while back, but I think you can. I mean, if you want to buy all the, you know, the the high speed gear and the six thousand dollar guns and all that stuff, it's gonna it's gonna bring you up to yeah. higher than where you were. But you're probably not gonna go anywhere from there. You're gonna stay there until you yeah. put the work in and discipline in. So, yeah, if you start, I mean, I know when I started, I started with the with a Glock thirty four. <laughs> Didn't MOS. we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Glock thirty four MOS, no dot. I shot that thing and I was shooting, you know, at 15 yards, I was shooting, you know, realistically, probably, you know, 12 inch groups, you know, with a couple little clusters here and there. And then I know when I shot, I shot a friend's um, STI before they were staccato. And yeah. I saw, you know, my groups went down like this. And then I saw, I shot a dot gun and I'm getting down like this. So I'm like, well, <laughs> obviously, you know, I'm screwing up. And so I, I bought, I bought, I've had probably seven or eight STI guns um, and just kind of bought some and kept four four or so all the time between carry and, and right. everything else. I typically carry it. Um, for the most part, I carried a, a 1911 until recently. I bought a Glock 43 that I carry every day, but there you go. Um, yeah. So I had, a, I, had, I had probably at any given time, four different STIs and two of them with dots. So I'd go and I'd shoot them. And I remember after a year or two of competing, um, a friend of mine had the same exact gun, that Glock 34 um, iron sighted gun. And he was having some issues with it and he was shooting a big ass group. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'll give it a shot, but I don't shoot these things very well. Yeah. And, and I shoot it and I'm shooting little tiny, little tiny groups again. And I'm like, all right, this is one of those, uh, it's, it's not the Indian, it's, uh, or it's not the arrow, it's the Indian kind of things. Yep. So, <laughs> It, yeah. it, I carry a 43 as well. And it was actually interesting. We don't, a lot of people don't put enough time in, by the way, behind their carry guns, like if at all, mm -hmm. which is pretty bad. But yeah, after I moved up into 2011, was practicing, practicing, practicing. The other day, I just literally whipped my 43 out. It's like, all right, let's see. And it's like one for one, one for one. And I'm like, oh, it just makes you so much more disciplined on everything else. Yep. I just, it's changed the game. So pistol, 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 people is what we're trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enough. I mean, just the, the stage planning aspect of USPSA. Um, so that it's not so overwhelming. I mean, I love, I love it. I mean, I hope a hundred people come and shoot their first three gun matches and that's their first match. I mean, I wouldn't discourage people, but yeah. definitely cross training in the, in the other, you know, whether it's an all pistol or an all rifle match, um, definitely an all shotgun match, obviously. Um, <laughs> if you're a two loader, if you're a tube loader and you know glutton for punishment then that can be fun i i hear i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't know but <laughs> my poor friend chris um atlanta three gun had a falling steel match a couple years ago and you could shoot all shotguns so it's like 290 rounds of shotgun right yeah i shot it with two yeah. guns <laughs> so, oh yeah so he's like oh i'll try that and not seeing you know what had happened he left <laughs> 
with a bruise and that like drip bruise, you know, down the shoulder. And he was cussing me out for a long time. And I'm like, but it's fun. It's yeah. <laughs> that was dumb, but it's a lot of fun. All shotgun matches. And a lot of people are afraid of them. And I will say this too. The worst excuse I hear is I don't have a shotgun. I don't have a shotgun. I don't have a shotgun. Do you know how many people would throw a shotgun at you? Yeah. For you to come okay. out? Yep. That's not, that's not a thing. Yep. Yeah. I, I've told that to so many people that now, um, like in my, in my job, in my regular nine to five, um, for a lot of years, I've, I've been upkeeping standards um, for a, a big, a, a two, two and a half billion dollar a year company, pretty decent size electrical company. This is the electrician by trade that I kept. <laughs> yeah. 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 Trade. Electrician by trade, standard keeper with a whoops, whoops, by actual profession. So <laughs> I've been really good at stripping people of, of, um, cause I, what, what I basically do is that I teach standards and upkeep standards for field supervision. So the people that are in charge of all the, all the people, that's who I primarily teach, um, how to, how to not be, you know, assholes to one another, how to treat people, you know, in, a, in a, an appropriate way, communication classes, things like that. So you might see content on like on my Instagram page from time to time about communication and all the touchy feely stuff. And all my <laughs> friends will be like, Oh, I can't believe you have anything to do with any of that. And they're like, you know, always kind of poking at me and whatever, but I've been good at stripping people before they have their excuses. I've been good at removing them for them. Mm -hmm. And so now anymore, like I had a, a guy that I talked to a couple of days ago that, um, that was telling me that he was interested in maybe shooting some, some two gun or something like that. And I, you know, why don't you shoot three gun, you know, let's do that. And <laughs> oh, I don't, I just, I don't know about the shotgun. And so where normally I'd be like, oh, don't worry. We have seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well the ammo, don't worry. We have 20 cases. It'll be fine. You know? Mm -hmm. um, now I, I just, okay, well, you know, let me know if you change your mind. You know, I, I try to not be as abrasive as I once was with it. Um, yeah, I'm still in that spot. Yeah. It's but, fun. Yeah, It's fun. It gets, it gets tiring at times, but yeah. I've, I mean, I'm not, not to imply that that's not an effective technique because it's very effective and <laughs> I've brought a is. ton of people over. Yeah. Sold a lot of dissident shotguns in the last three years. That's for right. sure. Right. Literally two nights ago, I'm like, I don't want to hear any bullshit. So everyone shot PCC and pistol and all this stuff. I'm like, see, it's, it's awesome. It's easy. Like, I don't want to hear it. And then, well, I don't have the rig. I have 17 guns, 17 holsters, 17 yeah. like magazines, mag pouches. And it was a little bit more difficult these days. I'll still give it some, but I'm like, yeah. I yeah. tell people your first match is on me too. If you want to come, I'll pay the match fee. I'll bring everything else. You just show up. Like, That's cool. That's super cool. <laughs> I want people in it. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that a bunch of times. Um, I brought my friend, my friend Stefan, several times. And I think the first couple times he shot, he shot a Glock pistol at at a Tuesday night steel match. Um, which most matches at Rio Salado, I mean, one way or another, regardless of what match you shoot there. Um, and I'm not talking bad about any other clubs by default, but that particular club, it doesn't matter what squad or what kind of, um, you know, discipline you're going to shoot. There's going to be monsters on that squad. There's going to be dudes that are make you feel this big. Yep. <laughs> so I know he felt the heat and, you know, most of the squads that I'd be on back there, you know, I shot with my friends who were also, you know, pretty good at this. And um, the first couple of times he shot a, an, an iron sighted pistol. And I was like, well, you know, maybe we can put a dot on that thing, bud, you know, and, you know, make it a little bit more fun, you know, as much as I'm, you know, all about the fundamentals. I mean, I started with iron sights, yeah. you know, as, as a, a little boy, obviously from BB guns to pistols to rifles and shotguns and everything. Um, but the dot does take some of the learning curve off. Um, 
yeah. for, for a lot of people. So especially yeah. two eyes open is the biggest thing I see. Right, right. And it, can buffer, it can buffer. And, and I'm not, I'm not above, don't get it wrong. Like I'm not above bringing somebody and just bypassing <laughs> iron sights altogether. Cause I'll do it. I have no qualms with that. <laughs> not at all. I mean, modern technology is a beautiful yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's probably good to figure out in case that dot goes out that you can still, you know, you still have a point of aim that's somewhat natural and you're not okay. so relying on it, but. Uh, oh, did you see my video where my dot flew off too good? Yep. <laughs> so I bought that PCC for my buddy and he's like, oh, I'm getting a new gun and I'm going to do an offset 45. And I was like, this is two days ago. I was like, F you. And he's like, we couldn't figure out what was wrong. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. So I put my own red dot, my own offset or irons, like it's bullshit, but oh my God, that was yeah. the worst experience ever. I did get my hits ish, but I hit some no shoots cause they were stacked. So perfectly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that happens, man. That that's, I mean, I've been fortunate. I've never had a dot turn off on me in the, in the middle of a match. I mean, ever. I had a couple of <laughs> times, um, had a couple of times where in practice, I had drawn a gun and neglected to turn my dot on, like in practice. Yeah. I remember I drew it and I didn't see my dot, but I shot anyway, um, which I think as most open shooters would do, you, know, you have a, a, a natural kind of point of aim. And, um, yeah. you know, if I'm trying to go like top speed and there's no, no shoot, I don't, I don't care where the dot is. I have no, yeah. I don't give two shits about where the dot's at. So I'd done that naturally a couple of times and I'd hit steel, you know, at long enough where I kind of surprised myself. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then I, I started practicing a little bit without it just to see, you know, shooting plate racks. Of course you did. <laughs> and it's still, it's like, I mean, I wasn't ping, 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 ping. But I mean, I, at a, at a, probably a one second cadence, I could, uh, I could still hit things. So that kind of made me feel good. And then I went right back to turning my dot back on and went back <laughs> to practice, but there you go. Yeah. Getting, getting newer people in, um, I don't know about giving them like, you know, uh, all the high speed, you know, things that, you know, I probably wouldn't give them a 20 round stick of, of 12 gauge in my dissident, you know, um, most people that I give that gun to that, that know how to know how to shoot, you know, somewhat. Yeah. Um, they pretty quickly too. When you get on those triggers. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah they're fast. It's a big gun. It, it'll, it'll move you around a little bit and it requires, you know, you gotta, gotta get to know the gal before you start going crazy. Right. <laughs> so much fun. I had a guy back in my community that let me shoot his. And of course, of course, Joel Turner. And I just wanted to go really fast and ham. So I remember I took a class with him and I'm trying to go fast. He's like, you still have to aim. I was like, yeah, but you don't really, cause you can just make up really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love the gun. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. It's a fun, fun gun to shoot. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I get into try gun too, any thoughts about sharing like something that's totally unique about the three gun community that you can't find anywhere else? So I think the, the, the unsaid level of respect um, is something that I haven't seen in, you know, I was a competitive skateboarder. I was a competitive mountain biker. Um, I've been competing for quite a while in different communities, which required me to travel to different places. Same. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like even, even the three gunners that, that aren't like super friendly, they'll give you um, enough respect to just keep their mouth shut until they can get a better feel and however many sniffs it takes for them to kind of warm up and be, be kind of cool. You know, uh -huh. if, I mean, when you're, I mean, I don't know if you could probably see it. I'm, I've covered literally from my face to my, to my ankle in, uh, in tattoos. So you add that to the mix and it makes it a little bit more challenging. I mean, I'm not, not crying about it or anything, but 
it takes a little bit longer for some people to warm up to me, especially if you're, um, you know, older than me. And yeah. there's still, luckily, a lot of people that are older than me. <laughs> well, I feel like we have that a little bit in common too, before you keep going on. When I show up, I had somebody make a comment of like, oh, there's a female now. And I'm just like, and I said, fuck you. I was like, that's super, super sexist. I wouldn't be here if I couldn't handle it. You know, and that's the same thing too. Like when I show up, I guess I have to figure out how to talk to people or if I can be myself or how sarcastic can I be, or can I take shit and give it back? Cause there are some people that can't, Right. but yeah, same thing. There's, I mean, there's, there's some things that, um, there's some things even for me that certain people will say certain things and assume that I'm going to be okay with it because we have the same friends, you know, like this happened to me in Texas three gun championship where I'd driven up to a stage and, um, a, a guy that that we have a lot of mutual friends, like a lot of mutual friends with um, that I don't really know that well. That I've talked to a few times here and there at matches, but not a whole lot. Um, had said something to me that was, you know, kind of kind of obnoxious a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when I actually, you know, when I actually thought about it and 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 really digested it, I was pretty upset, pretty frustrated. I, and I shared that with one of our mutual friends um, and wound up having a, a decent conversation with that guy in the same hotel room later in the night. Yeah. Um, but I mean, still, it, nobody's immune to it. And I, I don't have any, any beef with that guy, but um, still, you know, you say some shit and I was right at that phase where do I say something and create a, create a, a serious issue out of this mm-hmm. um, or do I not? And I decided to just leave it alone. But um, there is, I mean, some people have, some people have a, a way shorter fuse and you say the wrong thing at the wrong time and they can make a problem out of it. But yeah. I mean, at your age, you probably just keep on, keep on ruffling feathers and pick up the, pick up the aftermath, all the pieces later. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. That's, that's your advice. So mm-hmm. really don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. They'll either get over it or they'll be pissed for a long time. That's what my friend Jeremy says. And it's a, uh, it's pretty accurate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. As I tell my wife, you you either get over it or you'll fucking die. <laughs> That's somewhere, it. Somewhere, somewhere, it's just gonna be one or the other. I don't think it'll be anywhere in between. So. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah. we got off track too about the level of respect for for three gun. I think like where you going with like, you know, a lot of people don't have the balls to go shoot all three guns and learn all three platforms, right? And it's like at least they're trying. We're glad that they're out there rather than shooting one gun or right. Yeah, well, there's there's also there's the trust, right? There's the respect, um, and that's huge. But the trust in, um, in as primitive and, and archaic as it may sound, I'm not going to shoot you, and you're not going to shoot me. You know, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to watch you until I see you shoot a little bit. But I have a, a sneaky suspicion that you know how to handle that. You know, that piece of iron there. So um, I think I think those are two big things, and they're important in what we do. Um, but you do you have to be a, a different type of person to put yourself in that kind of environment. And there's some of us, there's some of us that live it every day. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I live it every single day. Um, I'm sure you do too. Yep. Firearms are part of my everyday life, but there's also folks that I have friends that are, that are surgeons. I have friends that are lawyers um, that are all types of other professions that maybe aren't. And, and I have a couple of friends, like my friend Kelly, who's a lawyer and also a gun freak, like 10 times over me by a hundred <laughs> hundred times over me um that plays with guns every day but some people some people don't so they might not be as enthusiastic and they may not be up to you know as up to speed on what the newest latest and greatest gizmos and gadgets are and um and all that stuff so having i think that respect's always always pretty cool no matter what i uh 
I'll remember. Do you know Bruce Davidson? No. Oh, you're, I can't wait for you to meet him. He's in Kentucky. He's the one that does like the high value targets and all the insane like five minute blue line stages. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him. So much fun to be around. Well, he's always just like, hey, load up your shit. Just make sure you shoot your car. <laughs> if you're going yeah. to shoot anything, that's where you load it up. Just point yeah. it at your vehicle. We're like, got it, dude. <laughs> yeah. But like we had a stage where we were running up a hill and we were shooting two stages at once. The shooter would go to the right, shooter would go to the left, and, and they wouldn't be on the same time. But they beat the same. We did shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Well, coming up the hill, we're turning with our guns. And there's literally people sitting in the back of their vehicles waiting to go up next. But it's like, hey, like you're not going to point the gun this way. All the targets to the left or all the targets to the right. But people saw that video, you know, freaked out. They're like, wait, there's people downrange. I'm like, dude, we're not all going back down the hill and up down. Like, just not a thing. Bird right. shot, anyways. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another whole other point. Now that I think about it, that how some people are a little bit more relaxed about you know rules and commands and things like that. Like at Rio Salado. Um, and I said this on Dave's podcast at least once, like it's very, very black and white. Like there's yeah. very little to no gray area for you to be creative when it comes to rules and, and, you know, what responsible gun handling is interpreted as. So at real, and even range commands, like the range command is make ready yeah. and that's it, you know? And when you're done, guess what? If you're finished, it'll load, show me clear and, and so on and so forth, depending on what gun it is. Mm-hmm. Well, like when I came out here, these guys, I mean, remember I'm close to Philly. So, so the range (laughs) command and the few people that'll, uh, the the guys that that I know that I kind of play around with this will probably get a kick out of this one. They say, go ahead, make ready. (laughs) So it's not like I'm used to like, was, you know, I'm used to, you tell me make ready. And if you say anything other than make ready, I'm going to look at you and ask, make ready. Like, is that good? Yeah. Can you give me the actual two words that I need? So they'll they'll say, go ahead, make ready. And I oh I get a kick out of it. It's absolutely hilarious. And they don't, I mean, now I'm sure they they do it, you know, just to kind of mess with me. But um yeah. and I say it to them too. It's it's funny, it's different. It's, it's different. just another, it's cool, it's fun. It's but a, fla- a flagged gun is a stick, essentially. You know, if I see a flag, cool. What I go back and forth about is like if I see a PC, a, a shotgun, a rifle, whatever, with a flag in it, it's dead, correct? But then yep. that pistol that's in that holster with the slide closed, it's Schrodinger's cat. I don't know if they cleared it. I don't know if the RO cleared it. I don't know if someone picked up like and got that round out. I know so many people that had an R- John Wydell. What mm-hmm. was that time where he sent one off at the the table because RO didn't clear his gun, you know? Yeah, it was at a match last year, right? Yeah, so it, that stuff happens. Um, I won't go too far into that, but I think that sometimes like the other matches where I get so scared to touch a gun, like a two gun, like an RO was terrified because I picked up the gun to make ready, you know, that heightens a level of fear of firearms and doesn't help anybody out. And I was even uncomfortable. So at that moment, I'm like, holy crap, like, I don't know what to do. Right. Right. That's worse. I think it's important. I think it's important to understand the rules of the place at at the place you're going. Like that's something that, um, I'll, I'll give you a, a teaser. I'll just tell you now. So the, the most important thing that I, that I, I try to tell people that are traveling to matches for the first time um, away from home is read the rules, dude. I mean, book in the bookend. Yep. I mean, I would even go as far as to read the, the division, the division requirements outside of your own for your own, for your friends that aren't going to read them. Yeah. So they don't show up and shoot heavy metal and bring, you know, a 30 round magazine or a D 50 and realize that now they're in open. Yeah. I mean, that shit happens every match, yep. you know? And if you don't know, and you know, then you don't know. So if you understand what the protocol is, where can I, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of people, um, 
I know Josh Freilich was, was when we shot Mystery Mountain this year, we squatted together on that one too. And, you know, where can we change our chokes? That was something that, you know, the first couple stages we were, you know, he was understanding what the, what the rules are and what to do and how to not get yelled at. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the mental management part of three gun. When you, when you get to a certain level where now it's not about the shooting as much, it's not about, you know, anything but mental management and stage planning um, executions, obviously, you know, imperative, but when you get to a certain level, you have to start really maintaining a, a mental mindset of, of optimism. And, um, and I think being able to come back from, you know, a poor performance or um, a poor stage or whatever it may be, keeping your, your mind in, in, in the game so that you stay in the mix. Otherwise you'll fall out of the mix in a second. Yeah. So the, the fewer times that people yell at you at a major match, the better. I mean, in a local match too, but at, at, a, at a match where you're a guest at someone else's home, <laughs> knowing where to change your jokes and where not to, especially with, you know, the dissonant guns that, you know, if, if you bring them around someone that's never seen them before, they're like, oh, is that an anti-aircraft gun? Or no, the yeah. breaker, that thing? And all the things people say. So. Safety's off. No, you don't know how to work the safety. Like, here we are. Right. So <laughs> you just gotta learn. <laughs> yeah, learn learn what, what you're not allowed to do. <laughs> and then what you can do is limitless, right? Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the video I posted of Adam Maxwell's stage brief at, at Vortex Dragon? Uh, I'm gonna have to send it. It was on Facebook. I don't know if friends on Facebook. <laughs> I'll send it to you. But he was so adamant about you know the pistol retreat on the swinger. He's like, please do not point it in this direction. It has to be in that direction. Like, do not complacent. And then this shotgun target cannot be shot backwards. Like, it's so dumb, but it's so real. <laughs> it's so like the real. character that guy is. He's <laughs> like the character. He's uh he's funny because. There was a, there was a long, like he'll, he'll even tell, tell the story. Um, if you ask him, he'll tell you the story of when we first met, he, he gave me a stage DQ and we were talking about it when I was in, when we were at the Trigun, um, we were talking about it where, you know, he, he DQ'd me. I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think we'd met before then. Um, and he basically said, well, I'll never be friends with that guy. Look at that guy covered in tattoos. Like we'll never be, we'll be friends. Yeah. And which is funny because last year, this time last year, so last year I shot the Wisconsin State Three Gun Championship, which was my investment year, right? Going back to, so I was planning on going there and, and giving the kid a run for his money, but I wound up canceling and I couldn't, I didn't, it was just too much travel. I have a lot of things going on yeah. like with work and, and being away from, you know, out of practice and all these other things. So I'm done shooting majors for the year. Well, and then Adam but, DQ was at, at Trigon. Yeah. yeah. But like this time last year at Wisconsin, I, you know, I stayed at his house, you know, with him and Rachel for a couple of days. So it, it's funny how uh, going back to that respect thing, you know, that you, you never really know, you know, no, you have no clue. And he's so quiet and introverted when you first meet him. I, no joke. I met him this year at low cap nationals. And I was like, why are you shooting, you know, low cap nationals? That's not our game, not his game. Um, but actually he didn't know the rules. He didn't know that he could call for an overlay. He didn't know that he could pull a target. He didn't know like all of these things that I was teaching him. I didn't know who he was too. I mean, he's awesome. He's a big deal at Vortex and, you know, does a lot of, of good for the community, but he's a, he's a hoot. He's the yeah. funniest person I've ever met. It's yeah. just, it's quick and it's quiet. And you're like, what? The first, the first match we ever shot together at, uh, at one of, one of Pete's matches in Vegas. I don't remember which one it was. They're pretty much all the same. Um, I'm not going to say much more on that, but they're pretty much all the same. So I don't remember which one it was, 
but I went, I went to this match and uh, he and I were shooting on the same squad and he had a, he had a really bad, like a salt shaker 2011 magazine um, that, that put him in a bad spot. Yeah. And then he had the opportunity to reshoot and he kind of was, you know, hesitant about it, you know, and the reshoot had nothing to do with, with the pistol. It had to do with the fact that, and they, they called a, they called a hit or didn't call a hit on the, on the longer range rifle portion out of sequence or something wasn't right over there at the end of his stage. And Adam, um, if, when you get to know him a little better, you'll learn that Adam is um, borderline anarchist when it comes to utilizing the rule book. Like he wants you to use the rule book and challenge everything. That's that's, that's why how, I made that's food at low cap. I'm like, call that, make them overlay, yep. make them pull that. And that's their yep. job. <laughs> so, so he and I chatted about it and I was like, Adam, you had a salt shaker, shaker shit show over here. Like take the reshoot, bud. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, it can't get worse than what it was. Um, and he took the reshoot and just crushed the stage. I'd be surprised if it wasn't a stage win. And he put his guns down and he, he started coming at me like high speed coming at me. And, you know, Adam's not a huge guy, but he's not someone that I want coming at me too fast. And he came at me and just bear hugged me and gave me a big hug and told me, thank you. And it was, it was pretty cool. And so, so started our, uh, our relationship, but awesome. Super solid dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna send you that video. It's it's a ride. It's like four minutes long. But if you have, people listening, you can ask me for the video. It's it's so worth it. I just I didn't even catch the first portion. Then I had to start video. I'm like, this is it can't can't miss it. <laughs> it sets the tone, right? If you're if you're an RO and you're listening to this and you 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 know you you do this at major matches, especially like how you read you know the stage description and how you read that. I mean, there's there's the the really cut and dry and do this and I'm gonna DQ you do that and I'm gonna DQ you there's that and then the polar opposite being so animated that you're just distracting everything else everything else they're supposed to be telling you and then somewhere in the middle there's a nice calm cool collective fun person yeah. that has some energy but not too much energy and not shitty energy good yep. positive vibes right yep. that sets the tone for everybody you know yep. these are the sponsors thank our sponsors you know I the major matches that you know I've only worked at at my home club at Mystery Mountain as far as major matches I would you know I, I would stop and say you know why is anybody clapping for our sponsors right. let's clap for our sponsors you know just having little fun jokes and things like that and it's it's worked out super well so that's that's an important one absolutely absolutely so let's talk about Trigon so you landed fourth and open. Um, and if people listen to the podcast with Dave and Kim, um, you know, you talked about you're betting on yourself to win, but you're also yep. setting realistic expe expectations and goals, like you said, baseline and practice sessions and all of that. So for Nordic Trigon, were you disappointed with the results or surprised by, you know, where you ended up? Um, I was... I wouldn't say disappointed. I was disappointed in my performance on the very last stage. Um, so Tucker and I, Tucker and I uh, had a little, we had some fun words of competition words with each other at, um, at Mystery Mountain. So um, I think he finished, he finished a little lower than he wanted to, but he was <laughs> after day one, my, so I shot, I shot like on a Friday, Saturday schedule. Mm -hmm. He shot on a Saturday, Sunday schedule. Okay. So when I was finishing my day two, he was just, you know, halfway, three quarters in the way of day one. So I'd finished the match and, you know, I, that's, that's, as they say in Philly, my John. So, 
I took my ass around every stage on, you know, after, after I was done shooting on Saturday and on Sunday and watched everyone shoot, you know, a lot of my friends and a lot of my friends that traveled into town and um, you know how it goes, all your buddies. So I, I chatted with Tucker and, and we kind of, uh, we kind of talked about, you know, we need to go give Johnny a run for his money. And um, I think, I think he coined the term operation crush Wydell or something like that. <laughs> so we kind of joked around about it there. So when we got to, um, and I'd say, I'd say Tucker and I on a three gun level are, I think we shoot a lot of, you know, we're, we're about the same age. Um, I'd say we we're probably pretty close to each other as far as skill set wise. Yeah. Um, so my goal there was to, was to do, was to do well and shoot top three. That was, that was my plan. Gotcha. Um, and that was perfectly in line up to my last stage, my very last stage. I, uh, I made a, a huge error and kind of went to war. A couple of the people, Riley on my, on my squad did the same thing, kind of went to war on, uh, on a target that I was shooting, you know, I needed to shoot over here and I was shooting through this barrel and not knowing why I'm not getting an offhand rifle hit. Mm. And I did it for probably a solid 30 seconds. And it cost me my last, that cost me that third place finish. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not stoked about that part and kind of, um, I don't know, it was depressing initially, but 15 minutes later, you know, I'm shooting the shit with, with Connor and Josh and my dad and kind of talking a little bit about, you know, it is what it is, right? So yeah, and Connor did really well. He did. Oh my did. God. I saw it. He top was it Infinity's junior camp. Did he win that whole thing or whatever? I think so. Yeah. He's I, crushing I, it. Yep. Yep. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a hoot. I got to tell you, I met him too. At Multi Gun Nationals, he, I don't know. Did you hear that he like roped himself and choked himself on it? No. <laughs> he didn't see the rope, <laughs> whatever, and choked himself. And I was like, what the hell? So he had this red mark bleeding. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what happened yeah so that's how i met i was like uh you're about to die he just choked himself out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i talked with him a little bit um i don't know that i i met him before texas three gun um but i chatted with him a little bit at texas three gun um and i chatted with him two or three times at at at, at um at the trigun yeah it's crazy how they grew up too the hair the brick like all everything changes <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah, I saw him post. So I, I'm like a, still a beginner runner. I, I try to, I try my best to, to run regularly. Um, but it's not my favorite thing in the world to do. Mm-mm. So I was watching like, but I'm, I'm more of a, like, I like to run a 5k. It's like, yes. kind of like my goal every time I, I go and I run. Yeah. So I was watching, uh, I was looking at Instagram the other day and I was looking at his, he had posted something about he broke a five minute mile. <sighs> and I remember reading that and I'm like, sweet jesus i don't know about that i don't know i don't know how far i i don't know how far i could run at that pace to finish less than five minutes but it's probably not horribly far like to the to the road you know and i'm in the city so it's not far <laughs> super close <laughs> so gross yeah yeah um like a nice kid, yeah he is and his dad's awesome <laughs> i kept trying though to get his dad to borrow a gun it was a shotgun right those issues i can't remember yeah, I don't know. Not my problem. But um, what was your favorite stage of, of the Trigun match? So I think my favorite stage um, was the one where it was shotgun. Oh, I took a note of it. It was uh, stage six. So shotgun, shotgun pistol, where you start like 
most of us started up front, kind of ran backwards, yes. and ran around the bay. Yep. That's probably that's probably the stage. It's not my favorite um, stage design, but it's my favorite performance that I had there. So Good. naturally, that's going to be that's going to be my favorite. The shopping cart stage is probably a super close second. Um, so that, was like, that that one was so we came off of our jungle run stage and we started walking up and I saw a friend of mine that's like in stupid good shape like well Nathan Payne yeah. so he's in stupid good shape and I see him kind of huffing and puffing at that last part not moving fast let's just say that and I saw that and I was like oh man and then I saw a couple other friends of mine that that I know are in decent shape and I saw him at that last spot and I was like all right well you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tired as balls when I get up there with my pistol I'm just gonna keep that in my head and you know I shot it I shot that stage pretty well as well um but then Adam Maxwell stage I don't know what the stage was um Two. I didn't shoot I, I didn't shoot it that great I mean I shot the pistol portion pretty good it looks kind of wonky looking at my video but um the pistol part was was super easy I've in the past really had some rough times with pistol spinners at majors I don't know why but that's probably one of the few that I've ever done outside of Rio Salado that uh, that was a piece of cake. It yeah. actually went over and I didn't even anticipate it to go over yet. Um, but oh, just just shooting a stage with Adam and, and all of his his antics and, and funniness. Flip flops, um, like said, water pouch, backpack, like just ridiculous. Just how he reads, how how he insinuates things and, and mm -hmm. how, you know, he really sets you up for a positive, yeah. positive stage yeah. to shoot. So that, that was a really fun stage. I shot I think two or three shotgun no shoots um, <laughs> on that stage, but I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the swinging no shoot nonsense. So yeah, yeah. I was so concentrated on that, that I didn't even, I didn't even really give those, uh, those targets, a lot of those no shoot targets, the like respect, respect. That do. Yeah. yeah, that match, I mean, that match was very much a, you know, and Adam told me this as soon as I got in, you know, I got in and I, I tried to walk stages. Um, I couldn't get a flight in Thursday that I liked. So we actually, my dad and I um, flew in on Wednesday. He came with me to, to this match and he's coming with me to a couple matches this year. He's coming with me to um, a few AK matches that maybe we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah. But he, he flew with me to this match. And um, so we showed up on Wednesday and kind of just tooled around, you know, the the Twin Cities area, went to Shields and all kinds of other places I've never been Same. before. Got primers. <laughs> oh, dude, we went in there for a long time. And yeah, I saw the primers in there. We uh, we tried to walk stages on Thursday, I think it was, or whatever day we weren't supposed to. We went there and, and they were like, yeah, you can't really. And I was like, well, I'm going to go see Adam. And then I realized, you know what, I'm just going to go back and find some other things to, to do. And I think we went and had some lunch or whatever. But um, I went back and saw Adam right when he just DQ'd. Um, and he was telling me that it's very much like a marksmanship type match. And I was like, that's interesting. But as I was shooting it after a couple stages, I realized, you know, what he's talking about. Um, and that, that's how that match was. I mean, it was, it was a, uh, a very um, accuracy speaks type match. So I had some questions, you know, I posted on my Instagram after this match, um, after the Trigun that, you know, there's a reason that all of the, the, the Instagram personalities don't show up to this match, you know, and it's because it's, a, it, it's like a grown ass man's match, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like it's, it's, you, you need, you need to have your shit together um, to shoot a match like that and be competitive and be good because it takes the full spectrum. Not only do you have to be a good shooter, 
um, you have to be an accurate shooter and you have to be a, a, an athlete, right? I mean, yeah. am I wrong? No, I mean, I'm not that great. And I love that match. Like, I want to go back to that match. I thought that was so much uh, fun. I, stage seven was my favorite where you got to pick the starter gun, which I went with shotgun, of course. <laughs> which one Remember was it? it was, um, you picked shotgun or pistol or rifle and the rifle had the little clay in the box and you went oh, to the yeah, platform. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it was so much fun. That was my favorite. Um, and Shout I did really well on the shotgun retreat pistol, whatever stage, but yeah, I mean, I just, that was one of my questions is like, if you could pinpoint one skill normally, like I want to say mountain state three gun, for example, that's a rifle match. That is a hundred percent because it's time. So if you can't shoot long range, you're, you're, and it's 40 seconds per miss or whatever, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> but that, right. that was endurance. The jungle run was, was fun, but that was a, Kim Peterson likes to fall. I'm, I don't think he fell this time, did he? <laughs> I don't. I didn't hear about it. Oh, he did it probably. I usually Winder complains about it and milks it for yeah. days and days on end and shows you his scabs and. <laughs> yeah. Just joking, Kim. Just joking. <laughs> just joking. Not really. No, I Not love really. him. I was just nervous about tripping and falling in the forest. <laughs> the grocery right. cart was brutal. That was harder to start than I thought it would be. But yeah. Like I said in that podcast with him, those boys in, in Minnesota and Wisconsin as well are very much shotgun enthusiasts and they push they push the needle when it comes to shotgun work. I mean, I didn't have I don't I didn't have any no shoots, I didn't have any failure to engages, I didn't have any of that stuff, but I had shotgun no shoots, you know. Like I didn't I didn't have any problems with my pistol, didn't shoot anything I wasn't supposed to. Same with my rifle. You know, I had on the stage, um, on the long range stage. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, I had an interesting, I decided to use a bipod, which, um, was kind of, kind of weird. in that first position it was actually really weird and very uncomfortable, Yeah. but I mean, once I, once I got my body right and contorted the way that it needed to be to, to shoot which window effect, did you go in, <laughs> uh, bottom, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The same one that most people did. I just, I had, I did, you know, you play this game in open where you have all these gizmos and gadgets and. <laughs> kind of like you know it's kind of like the the, the kiss of death and a lot of people's um performance in that you want to use them all the time but yeah. if you don't have any reps and you don't know how to use those bags and the bipods and all that kind of stuff then it can be quite the hindrance so yeah. better off shooting tack gear in a lot of a lot of places but i had done the measurements and you know i use sticks and, and all kinds of things to kind of measure and i'm going back and looking at my bipod and taking it off and no i'm not going to use it yeah i am going to use it and i'm going to use it deployed no i'm not going to use it deployed and i went through all of that whole gambit um and uh and yeah and shot that stage shot that stage pretty well but i mean overall i didn't have any issues with my rifle and my pistol but my shotgun like i must have shot um like probably five or six no shoots something I'm like so that proud of my shotgun then i didn't do any of that jazz yeah <laughs> but they were tight yep. and if you like especially the jungle if you shot it from the right angle you know you could avoid that but if you don't know your chokes and you don't know the right spot that's really easy to do you know the first time that i shot that match um we shot the jungle run and it ate my lunch like it was the hardest stage i've ever had in my life and it was like that stage but significantly harder because in that spot where we started, you actually started in the in the sporting clay box. If you were shooting tack, you're loading you're you're loading out of that out of that like there's caddies on the front of that thing. Yeah. So your shotgun is empty and you're loading out of that. Okay. Right. Yeah. Then you're shooting sporting clays like legit like clay throwers, throwers. In, in that area, and then you're ending. I think you started with one or ended with one, but there's 
there's like legit sporting clay. It's like not like kind of like, oh, you know, toaster like we shoot in three gun. No, there's clay throwers shooting them. Like one of them, I remember one of them was coming right at you and it was like a, you know, a crosser of sorts, but at, you know, high speed. So it's just, it was just a nail in the coffin for me. Like I missed them both, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, I'd already had like probably, you know, the worst stage by a solid 20% of my life. And then they throw that at you. It's like, all right, I might as well just put my mouth out and just take this thing to the face. Um, hey, it hits a hit. <laughs> so that stage, I walked that thing for quite a while, a solid hour probably. Yeah. the day before and then walked it another you know 10 or 12 times that that afternoon or that morning before we shot it we were that was our first stage first first stage of the day so um yeah I, I felt I felt solid about that performance those things are I mean that's probably the third or fourth one I've ever done in my life so it was uh it's it's still like so epic to me I'm like oh, oh I get so jacked up and you know trying to run and you know you got a bunch of monsters that you're shooting with that are super yeah. good so at least you yeah, had it fresh on on a, on a day. That was one that um, got added onto our schedule. You know how they added one to everybody on Saturday or whatever. Right. We're, we're told doing jungle. We're like, oh, like the end of this day. No. Yeah. <laughs> but shot it clean, but it was rough. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I like that's the cool. throwers. Did you shoot for Benning in 2019? Never been oh. to that match. They had paired whatever, like 45 miles an hour is what it felt like to me. So, so many people missed all of them. I think a couple people hit one, but you would shoot one. And as soon as you shot the, they would send the next one. Just yeah, report pair. Yeah, that's what it's called. I never yeah. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk about to the, the numbers and the colors on stage nine. <laughs> so. Yeah. Did you see anyone who was shooting like the paper instead of the ground targets or just had no, yeah. So I, I was, I shot second on the, on the stage prior on the all pistol stage. So Jacob shot, then I shot, and then all the other people in my squad shot and Tucker Schmidt had shot his, that stage, the, the rifle, the, the color stage, what stage was it? Stage eight? Stage nine. Last one. Nine. I was, yeah. So he was shooting stage nine when I was coming off of, I assume what was stage eight. Yeah. The pistol. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I, I saw him make ready. I saw him go up there and I saw him just going to war. Boom, boom, boom. And he's a, I mean, that guy's a PRS shooter and, you know, and super good at shooting a rifle. Um, and great at shooting a pistol too. I haven't seen him shoot a shotgun, but I assume it's pretty good. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I see, I hear him up there just going to war. And I, I, walk, I walked up and I can't see what's happening. And I don't really have a solid idea of what's going on, on that stage. I told myself, I'll figure that stage out when I get there. It seems way too hokey, but yeah. overall it looks just like straight up shooting, which you can't plan ish. You just got to remember colors and numbers and spots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I saw him and I walked up and I remember I turned my ass around big eyes, like big eye, this emoji and turned my ass around and walked right back out. And I talked to him and he told me that's what he was doing. He was shooting the, shooting the, the, Tucker. Yeah. Yep. Shut up. Yeah. So that's, that was the stage that he screwed up royally. And then the last stage that I screwed up was my, you know, stage I screwed up royally. So we're looking at, you know, how it, how that's what we were trying to figure out. Yeah. You know, it was worse. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure mine won. So yeah, I saw, I saw him do that. So I walked, I, obviously I was the first shooter on our squad on that one. Um, and somebody had to be the, the sacrifice and it was me, but it was cool. I mean, I was with a, a good group of guys and they all clapped when I was done because yeah. it is challenging, you know, it's, it's a hard stage. 
Yeah. I was walking that with Dylan Easley the day before him, Garrett and I, and Dylan figured out there's a pattern to it. Did he tell you about any of this? No. Um, there was actually a pattern where it was like front and then middle, middle or whatever. And so like you could replicate it back and forth and he's trying to memorize it. And I was actually trying to, and I was like, never mind, it's just stupid. Just look at the thing, like read it out loud and then just go to war basically. But that was, that was a fun stage, but if you didn't know your colors or your numbers or to shoot the ground, <laughs> you screwed <Yep>. up. <laughs> the first, the first, the very first position I shot him out of order and didn't hear a hit call and made the correction i didn't know where i screwed up so i started over boom 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 and then from there on the from there out um it was a piece of cake i mean yeah. offhand rifle shooting was my my nemesis for probably three two two years i'd say yeah um so i practiced the shit out of it i bought a um a plate rack from from mgm like the the plate rack in a bucket mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever seen that you know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> So you just need some two by fours to, to set it up. I bought that thing and, and I'd set it up at 50 yards, 75 yards, depending on what bay I was at. And I would shoot it, you know, plate racks, you know, for as long as my shoulders would allow. And then I put my gun down and then I'd pick it up and shoot it for as long. So I, I tuned that right out of my, out of my issue log. So um, that stage was just stand and deliver. So that was, so that was a good one for me where I just, uh, that's what I would call like a stay the course stage where yeah. You don't have to you don't have to rip it you know super hard and go as fast as you can um definitely not a jack smith grip it and rip it stage <laughs> did you know him prior by the way jack i don't i don't know him at all oh he's I, awesome I, I, follow, I followed him for i followed him for a long time and what i what i tend to do from time to time is that i, I try not to stay on instagram for long periods of time so and i don't know this is probably a, a good thing to say on a place like in a place like this but if if your content drifts from what what i want to see um, then I'll, I'll stop following you, you know, and if I see you posting things that, that are something that I, I like, mm-hmm. um, then I'll bring it back up. And that's mainly for shooters, like companies, I, I just kind of eat it, but I have a limited amount of time that I view Instagram and it's not yeah. all day, every day. So when I open it up, I want to see the content that I want to see for yep. myself. So if it strays away from what I want, um, that's it. So I haven't seen Jack's. I started following him again after your podcast mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't looked at his, I haven't seen a whole lot of his content. So hopefully it keeps it up. It's funny that you said that. Um, Jack has asked me and he'll hear this uh, 17 different times throughout his life, <laughs> what to do with this content. And I've given him, cause I'm, I'm a marketing professional by trade. By trade. <laughs> by trade. Um, by <laughs> yeah. I've told him over and over again, here's what you need to do. This is what you need to post. This is what'd be interesting. Right. And I call him out too. And I see something he's already posted. I'm such an asshole. I'm like, that was from last year. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. I'm like, well, I've seen it already. So yeah love you jack <laughs> okay let's let's go over to ak okay. um this this new hotness here you said you're gonna shoot some more ak master or ak matches and you recently went to ak masters at clinton house um and completely crushed it so i didn't get to go but you got to tell me what were the stages like at that match so my dad and i just got back from the three gun and my dad and i we uh we decided this was going to be so let me back up a little bit so I started shooting for IWI um, shortly after moving here and seeing the relationships that are already there. They're they're very close with my with Dissident Arms, which is my very first sponsor. Um, they're very close, or I should say, Jeremy is very close with um, with Vortex and and you know two of the the three guys that I deal with regularly at Vortex that are you know f- close friends of mine. Um, so that circle made sense. Um, I was looking for a different rifle sponsor that wasn't just a, 
here's a here's a code share this with people and, and here's some here's some rifles and things like that like i wanted i i'm at the point where i want to be able to to grow with you and evolve um if we're doing the same shit everybody else is doing then i'm really not that interested yeah so a rifle's a rifle a rifle yeah <laughs> it is yeah and especially with with iwis when it comes to their rifle i mean it's it's an 850 dollar msrp ar-15 you know that i put three i put a, a trigger a gas block and a muzzle break in and it's just as competitive yeah. i mean ask ask most of the people that i've shot against so <laughs> i don't know the ak thing the ak thing is interesting it's a whole different culture um, it's a whole different group of people and subset of everything that I know. And they are the nicest, coolest, interested in more information, um, funnest crowd that I've encountered in all of competitive shooting so far. And it's, it's ironic and it serves me right because I was really quick to judge that, that book by its cover, which is something I try to, I, I kind of pride myself in never doing. Um, mm -hmm but I fell, I fell victim to it like everybody else. So, so not PCC, you judge the AKs? Yeah, what? Oh, just the, the, just the whole thing. I mean, it's a whole different, it's a whole different environment, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just totally, I mean, they, they dress up in different outfits. I mean, it's completely different. And I've, I've been very, very good at, at, uh, you know, poking fun at my friends that are wearing plate carriers and picking yeah. on Russell and all the things that I've been accustomed to doing with people. You wouldn't wear a Hawaiian shirt? I mean, I wear a Hawaiian shirt every Friday because it's, you know, Aloha Friday, you know, but I mean, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I mean, I might look yeah. like, you know, some weird dude with the whole costume next year. I couldn't tell you, but <laughs> my dad and I came off of a, uh, off of Trigun, which was a big travel match, you know, and like you were saying with Jack the other day, you know, traveling with three gun gear is intense. You know, it's, it's a lot, there's so much going on, um, you know, it's just a lot. So the opportunity to travel from here, from Pennsylvania to South Carolina, which we decided to drive um, with one gun, you know, all I had to do was shoot a, a Galil and that's it. It's quite the treat to say the least. Yeah. So we loaded up my Polaris Ranger um, and I brought, you know, enough ammo to shoot the match seven times, <laughs> all kinds of things. You know what I mean? You don't have to clean those guns, you know, yep. so, so you can pretty much just, you don't have to lube them or anything. They just keep awesome. going. It's run. <laughs> so it was interesting. Um, we pulled up and I, the first couple stages that I saw were all base stages and they were well put together USPSA type stages. Um, so initially, you know, my dad was like, well, this is going to be a cakewalk, <laughs> you know, after, <laughs> seeing, yeah, after seeing what the Trigun was like, you know, where I have to run over there and, you know, you know, you know, yep. you got yep. the shirt to prove it. So <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It, initially, I was like, man, this is going to be weird. Um, this looks like a, a cakewalk and a piece of cake. And as I started breaking it down a little bit more, I'm like, well, it's a piece of cake for me. It's going to be a piece of cake for other people. And I don't know about the local talent that they, that they had there. Um, but I do know that there was almost an entire squad of my friends from Arizona. Oh, okay. That showed up. That yep are the same exact dudes that I was talking about earlier that are, you know, very much two gunners that weren't interested in shotgunning and now slowly coming around. AK. And my buddy from the Marine Corps team, he's retired from that now, but he's in Quantico. He went and shot it. And I think he was second or something. Anthony DeTio. He mm -hmm. shot two divisions or PCC and AK. Anyways, I had friends from Tennessee go, I almost went to that match, but I didn't have a gun. <laughs> yeah, I didn't meet him. Um, I have a pretty good idea who he was um, now that you say that. Um, yeah. 
Right? Little short dude. Love you, Anthony. Yeah. But short dude. <laughs> yeah. Italian or yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Super nice. Yeah. Yeah. He was. I think he was squatted with my friends, or he was somewhere where I had, you know, shared a, a couple, you know, quick exchange, and he was a nice guy. It seemed seemed pretty cool, but pretty intense. A little intense, maybe. He hadn't shot in like a year, a year and a half, I think. So I was really glad that he went at least. <laughs> yeah. So I knew that my my friends that have been, you know, there's four or five of them that have been putting in the work. Um, specifically my friend Ethan has been putting in a ton of work and my friend Neil too they've been putting in a ton of work um and I, I don't know I I knew that those guys were gonna they were gonna you know put up a fight my friend Suli shit I should probably say all their names they're gonna be you didn't, see <laughs> you didn't call me out <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew I was gonna have my work cut out just in those dudes and I and from traveling to you know several matches now um there's always people that I don't know that are at a home core advantage like the guy who won Texas three-gun championship you know that I've never heard of you know I think I've been following him for a long time but never seen him in any other match, but that home court advantage is a real deal. So I respect it for sure. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. Um, as so I, I, we got there on Friday, kind of set up the, the IWI booth. Um, we were, we sat at the IWI booth for, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a super good attention span. So I sat and, you know, I would kind of help out with, with the booth. We had a, you know, four, four Galil's Gen 2 um, Galil aces on the table that people can come up and some swag and stuff. So I stayed behind there and then I would just go get in my buggy and drive around and drive around again. And, you know, go talk to Brian a little bit, Hunter's HD. Yeah. And, um, what's his last name? Brian Conley. Brian Conley. Yeah. I'd go talk to him a little bit. And do you have uh, a con of gold, by the way? I did not. Those are so not. good. So good. So I don't know, as I started seeing some more people shoot, I was like, you know what, I need to take this a little bit more seriously. I think I was thinking this is going to be some sort of vacation. It was going to be a piece of cake, but it's not going to be. And it looks like we're going to be shooting in the rain a little bit. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, I, I went and I, I shot in our very first stage. Um, my friend, so Mike Whitesides um, of Distant and Arms, Mike and Lamb both went and he had told me, he said, hey, on this, on this stage, you can bypass a shooting position by shooting those targets at the very end. Um, of the stage where you're going to end up so I get to the end and I shoot those those there's two stack targets and you know you're kind of you know threading the needle a little bit with some trees and um, I shoot those two targets you know three at one and I think two at the other ones I didn't see some I saw some I didn't like so I threw another one at it and <laughs> I went down I went down to some uh, some some steel and a plate rack at distance and went one for one and and crushed it I mean set the tone real well and the first stage of a, of a big match like that is usually the most important to me to, to kind of set that tone and get the momentum going a little bit. Yep. So the guy's down there scoring and I see him, you know, kind of looking around and, you know, he doesn't find any hits on either of them. Oh. Or he finds one or something, something bad happened. I think I had one that neutralized the bottom target, but the top one, you know, nobody found. <gasps> so that set the tone in a poor manner. Mm -hmm. So usually, you know, in a, in a, I would say last year, the year before, that would put me in a, oh my God, I gotta go faster, I gotta go faster. But now it just increased my interest, and now I'm, and I'm, it put me in a different level, which was the mindset I needed to continue um, for the rest of that match and and stay consistent. But overall, it was an absolute blast. I mean, the shooting was was challenging and fast and slow, um, a little bit of precision, um, some, Any some Sammy life, <laughs> Sammy's, yep, yep. 
um, some offhand rifle stuff. Um, it was a, a little small, little small short, short course stage that, um, that I had shot super well and went one for one on, um, all steel falling, some falling steel, two plate racks and, uh, five pieces of steel. Nice. But it was a blast. It was, it was the first AK match I've ever shot. Well, that's not true. It's the first AK match aside from, I shot one in, in Rio Salado last year. Um, I was on a, an FFL when I was there that the guy had a lot of machine guns and short barrel guns. Cool. So my first AK match was the Red October Cold War match last year. And I shot it with a 7.62 um, AK machine gun. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, or a, a Galil Ace machine gun, I should say. So I shot, I think, three or four stages. I think I shot three stages, maybe four, um, in full auto. Until, until it really hindered me you know i had a couple no shoots and a couple you know nobody's home kind of situations yeah. those are fun oh dude it was so fun <laughs> it was so fun but i have a hard time like i have to really like my wife constantly you know at a, if i'm at a match away from home or even nowadays even if i'm at a local match she'll she'll send me a text you know make sure you have fun you know yeah. and it, it's something that you know i've been i've been banging this thing out for for a couple a couple years at at a decently high level and now it's like, got to remember to have fun. And, and yeah. that's what I kind of went to the AK match for initially. But as soon as I, I had that first stage, it's like, all right, I'm not having fun until tomorrow. Like I'll have fun. I'll have fun tonight when I'm done shooting and tomorrow when I'm driving home. But right now I'm it's still fun to do well. It still is. Yeah. And, and like, I think sometimes you're more relaxed when you're there to have fun. You're like, all right, this is all, this is a good time. And AK is too, like you probably saw guns with wooden guns and crazy, like souped up ones. Like that's an experience. <laughs> well, it's always fun. I mean, you, you have guys that don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to compete. They know how to shoot their gun. They see a lot of um, static training and a lot of static practicing where you don't ever really do that. You do that in USPSA standards and that's about it. You know, like we don't do that outside of there. So if you're practicing standing there in front of the camera, and how fast you can throw those magazines out and put a new one in. And that's great. But can you do that when you're hot and sweaty and running and moving and, and don't, getting point the gun that way. don't point the gun that way, keep <laughs> pointing that way. Don't point it back. Don't point it backwards. Like, <laughs> so being able to coach those guys a little bit, um, yeah. I squatted with a, a new friend that's a, an IWI teammate of mine um, named Adam Lickey. And he was just super cool, super energetic, super fun, um, and very, very interested in helping people. So where, where I kind of sort of wait for them to kind of come around and ask me for something, he's mm -hmm. like Johnny on the spot way ahead of it. So even the spots where I was like, oh, I need to say something to that guy, you know, let me go help him out. Adam was like, long. <laughs> Adam gave him a full practice private lesson, you know, before I even got to the guys. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. You don't see that a whole lot um, in our games, people that are just killing you for information. I mean, I've, I always kind of say that, you know, if you have mentors that are coming to you to tell you that they want to be your mentor, they're probably not worth a shit as a mentor. Um, but that would be a, a rare exception is, is Adam Lickie. So the exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you don't want to be mansplained to you mean it's so much fun it's my mm -hmm. favorite unsolicited advice right. <laughs> yeah they i mean but it's a whole different thing i mean i at a, when you get to the business side of it it's interesting because i mean i shoot for iwi so i'm not going to shoot an ak-47 yeah. um i'm going to shoot a, a variant um and i shot a, a 5.56 gun in open division which means that my magazines go in like this and they don't go in like this 
or like this, they don't rock in at all. Uh -huh. so that causes a whole nother shit storm. So if right. you're not shooting a traditional AK that's, you know, that looks and smells and, and the magazine loads the same, then you're shooting a different division. And um, so luckily in open, everything goes. And until they decide that they don't like IWI's money, I think everybody's just going to like it and shut up. Right. So, Right. But that is a whole, whole nother part of it. So, um, but like I said, I mean, I shot open. So as long as they allow the gun, I don't really care about all the, the political aspect of it, but yeah. I foresee that being a, you know, some, a talking point at, at the very least at the other, I'm going to shoot two more AK matches for the years over. Um, so I assume that'll be a, a talking point at the very least at these other ones, but yeah. Is that the, are you in like Kalashnikon or whatever? Yeah. We're in Kalash Bash in Texas. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, depending on who you ask, it's a, it's a match with a festival or a festival with a match. So there's a, a couple I just different... know Todd Lewis and he's a goofball. Right. <laughs> I met, you know what? I, I met a couple of the Instagram personalities um, that, and I call them that, but I guess what I mean is the people that are super famous on Instagram and have a huge following. I, I met um, a couple of them and, and then talked to a couple of them offline um, or on online, I should say, mm -hmm. away from the match that I kind of wish I would have met when I was there. But wow. it's just a, it's just super cool, man. It's a whole whole different vibe. And uh, and yeah, it's different. It's definitely different. I can't wait to see your outfits change over the years. <laughs> Uh, on it now on this podcast it's gonna happen yeah <laughs> it'll well, be that, a banana at some point too for some of these people <laughs> i don't know man i don't know it, a lot can happen here in the winter times when i'm sitting here being creative when i shouldn't be kind of a four-letter word in my life you know <laughs> yeah. it can be it can be anyway yeah absolutely so right. you've been competing now you said for five years um right. how have you seen like the sport change and yeah two gun come around and ak match come around like what all have you seen in that time? Um, well, those things, obviously. I mean, PCC has come. Um, this is going to sound weird, but practice score was a, a very welcoming addition to everything that we do. When I first started shooting, um, there were, I didn't see practice score. It was all paper. Mm -hmm. um, so that's happened. Um, other than that, I don't think a whole lot. I mean, I've seen a full circle in Gasmos and Gidget, Gasmos and Gidgets, in Gizmos and Gadgets, right? Okay, I mean, Little Mermaid. <laughs> right? I've seen seen all kinds of new Dingle Hoppers. There you go. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of that change, um, and that's been different. But you know, it, it all kind of comes back to can can you can you work with the bare minimum or not? You know, can you work yeah. without all of those tools? And once I once I realized that. <clears throat> um, that was a, a very important you know, defining moment in my life is that if I don't have these things, I'm horrible. <laughs> you, but I'm okay. So yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't think it's changed a whole lot um, in my opinion. Um, I know obviously this last year has been a little, a little rough or a year and a half or so has been yeah. a little rough on our community. Um, so that's changed a little bit, but I assume that we'll, we'll see an uptick right back to where we need to be um, yeah. in the next, by next season. I hope that's the case at least yeah well you look at you know talking to my friends that are in that part of the industry um selling guns part of the industry and selling ammo part of the industry for for their nine to five um they're seeing they're seeing things like uh you know prices are, are are the actual you know seeing purchase orders and things like that are starting to come down they're not they're not selling as many guns um 
ammunition is becoming a lot more readily available. Yeah. I mean, I saw the first email for federal ammunition today, like where it's really, you know, a lot, you can buy a lot, you know, it's expensive, yeah. but you can buy a lot. I had a friend message me um, on Friday, I think Friday that Brownells has Vitivori powder again. So that's the first time I've seen Vitivori powder in probably, I don't know, a year, yeah. year and a half. So I just got 6,000 primers from Brownells. So they've been putting it on random times, but if you're on it, you can get it. Um, Federal ammo, I found 390 bucks for their good 115 grain stuff. I was like, sweet, you know, for a thousand. Yeah. Hopefully it gets better. Um, do you think that the, you know, everybody talks about the future of three and how it's dying. I think us diehards are never going to let that happen. <laughs> so what do you think that that future looks like for us? Um, I think it's going to be pretty consistent with where it's been. I mean, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think I'm going to see I think we're going to see more um a little bit i've seen a little bit of a trend of more athleticism that's required mm -hmm. um and i think one of the few things that's that's come about um the last year and a half is a lot of people have been at the house a lot of people have been putting on a lot of weight um and a lot of people have taken off a lot of weight and a lot of the athleticism and a lot of the fitness has really kind of trickled in um to the point where it's kind of flooding in at some at some matches with regard to, you know, you got the tactical games and things like that, that have, that have been, you know, seen a lot more, um, a lot more action in that, in that arena. So I think athleticism is going to be, um, a bigger thing, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's a good one. Like I'm still, I'm, I'm definitely not the new guy anymore, but I'm still like digesting all the things. Like I kind of, I have this tendency of hitting things, you know, head on and diving into them, you know, head first. So I'm just still digesting things that, that I've been watching for the last few years. And I haven't, I haven't really been able to put a whole lot of statistics together on, on what I've seen and what I think, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And for us, like if three gun takes the community, you're not going to be able to be a match director, set up a match, do all of the things to make it happen. <laughs> that's a, that's a community that's going to pull that weight, you know? Right. So. Right. Overall in shooting, um, what do you wish you would have learned or done sooner to improve your shooting over time? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> so I've given, I've given a couple private lessons um, to some people over the years. Um, and I wish I would have done that. I took one class and I've still to date only taken one class. Um, and that was for my friend, Nick Sadie. And it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, and I wish I could take that class again right now. I probably would, but it was an all pistol class. Um, it was, that's something that I wish I would have done. I wish I would have understood how to practice. Mm -hmm. um, I get that from, from the guys that are wanting to, to put in the work and they have the resources and they have the discipline to put in the work, which is not a whole lot of people that have those things. Yeah. People that do, um, you know, they're constantly asking me for more, you know, practice sessions. Like, what does your practice look like? Yeah. I don't, I don't do it that much as of late because I'm not practicing. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to make that content. I mean, I'll, I'll make some joking posts from time to time. Um, but I think that's a, that's a, that's something that I wish I would have learned how to practice, how to prepare, how to dry fire, um, what's useful, what's effective, what's efficient and what's not, you know? Yeah. yeah you got to break it down piecemeal too. I think a lot of people go out and they just try to do everything at once and they don't really 
or they just want to shoot at something. And I'm like, well, you have to practice the drill. You got to get at a timer. A lot of people just go out there without a timer. I'm like, you really can't gauge where you're at. And if you're going better or worse too. Right. You know? Yeah. That's important. I mean, um, I messaged, uh, or I left a comment on, on Connor's post this morning about that infinity, or maybe it was yesterday. I saw it this morning. Um, his post from the infinity thing that I didn't know anything about any of that. So I kind of, I learned a little bit after breakfast and a little bit more and then, you know, off of my day, but, you know, I had said something like congratulations and whatever I said, I said something to him and he said, you know, I need to shoot more A's. And that's something that I tell everyone that I, that I have the opportunity to, that, you know, you got to put it on paper. You got to, you got to practice in a place where you can see your results so that it's not, you know, every, every ting is in an alpha in the real world. No. <laughs> especially in three and it sucks because you can't always get your see your hits right or like we'll have an fte and people have already pasted it because we don't have time to play with that so you don't really know where you're at but those are the people that are not doing it in practice so i'm like yeah i know what i did on that like you know they can't right. call it but right yeah paper paper is key <laughs> it is um so favorite match overall what's your favorite match you ever shot and why so mystery mountain is is probably not a shocker that I say that you probably knew I was going to say that before you asked it but <laughs> the reason why is because um I mean obviously it's it's some place where I know where all the things are going to be you know yep. roundabout where before I get there um but I think it's a perfect combination of speed and accuracy um there's some athleticism needed but we're not running through a jungle um it's it's there's you know it's a technical match in footwork but not a challenging match in no shoots and hardcover and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, to me is, it's a, it's a very good test of um, a full range of skill set. Cool. And that's helpful. <laughs> Cause like yeah. I said, if I know a match is going to be this like long range precision match, I'm like, I've got to do a lot more work. That's my struggle, by the way, my weakness is rifle. Yeah. It's like, gosh, I, you know, and it's discouraging to go until you put in massive amount of work, but then you don't want to let the other two guns go. But yeah, I like the flexibility of having, cause like if you bomb a stage or it's not your best stage, the other ones really do pick, pick you back up. Like you're not out of the game. Right. Completely. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that either. <laughs> yeah, if you screw up rifle, you screw up rifle stages and that can that can be extremely detrimental. I've seen that happen to a lot of people, a lot of great shooters that they they bomb a rifle stage where the points are high, you know, and the, the, the target value is high. So yeah, that's a that's an important one. I worked on that more than anything. Um, and that's carried me through that's carried me through a lot of matches where I do poorly. And, you know, and I could rely on that. And that baseline was significantly higher. Um, and I could tell you that if you want to improve that, try to find a way to get a, an all gas gun match at your, like a three gun type match with just a rifle. Like at Rio Salado, we have one called Black Rifle. Okay. And it's a three gun stage with three gun targets. And that's what you're shooting, just a rifle. Rifle, okay. Yep. So you're shooting from, you know, from five yards to, probably 400 yards every month okay mm -hmm. i did do nrl 22 i don't know that that's applicable as much but it was nice that's the the bolt gun nrl 22 yeah and it was shooting off of a tire and a ladder and a barrel so to have those complicated positions where i actually you mentioned earlier i went too much on bipod and bag and knowing which bag and what weight and what gear. i mean like that's it's perfect. It's perfect if you're shooting open. I think it, that that's a great cross training element. Um, you can build, you know, you can learn how to build positions there, which is 
absolutely crucial for our game. Yep. Um, but if you're building those positions with crutches, then you're not in a great spot, you yeah. know? And, I mean, yeah. it was my first time though. This is two weeks ago. It's the very first time I'm going there and I want to shoot open one day. Shoot. That's, that's the goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So all rifle match, all suggest that we can't shoot out to 400. We have a hundred here. Right. Stab, but offhand and smaller targets. Yep. You could scale it down, scale it down to some extent. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so moving over, this is this is the part I've been looking forward to, what I've told you. Um, I heard you talking about on the Three Gun Show, talking about how a lot of local shooters, you know, who don't travel, think that their shooting's incredible. They're like, oh, I had a stage win, and they post their match video, and there's like seven people at this match, right? like three in their division. You know, and they might be a low to mid-pack shooter when they show up to majors. Um, I see this across the board, Three Gun, USPSA, right? How are these shooters really, like, harming themselves by not going to majors uh, and just getting comfortable, you know, at shooting locals. So that's kind of a, kind of a, a two part question, but a two part answer. So I think firstly, if you fancy yourself a fantastic shooter and you're not shooting outside of your local club, then uh, you're not, you're probably not like, you're not challenging yourself to see what you can and can't do. If you're, I mean, I did that when I first started um, and I was getting to the point where, you know, I saw every person that I used is like, oh, I'm going to use, I need to be as good as that guy. Right. And I need to be as good as that guy. And then once, once I started, you know, beating those people and, and doing decent, um, I started thinking, well, what's the other matches like, you know, when, when I started seeing, you know, I was very rarely not winning my local club matches. Um, you know, I got to that point where you know, I wanted to shoot something outside of Mystery Mountain by way of major matches, and I did, and I got my ass stomped out, right, hard, like not even, not even close. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it it's it's something that it's humbling, it's hard, it's challenging. You gotta you gotta go back to learning and not not you know be the the local celebrity that you're accustomed to. So if it's something that you want to do and you want to be, you know, a national shooter and you want to test your skill set against other national shooters that that do travel to these matches, then you just got to do it, right? You got to get it out of the way and you got to travel to some matches and you know, it's it's challenging. Um, you might have to invest a couple years into the same match depending on how much preparation you want to put into it. Um, but overall it's something that uh, if you're a, if you're a big fish, small pond kind of person, um, you're going to learn real quick that you're a small fish in a small pond <laughs> when it comes to a national pond. Right. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. That's frustrating. <laughs> and then you, it goes back to the Instagram. that makes me want to unfollow those people, <laughs> yeah. you know, because like a lot of people, it sucks when our industry, we want to grow it and we want people to know that that's not the, the usual, right. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. But that's, that's not like reality. You're not going to see spinners and drop targets and plate racks and all these things that we see at major matches, those pistol spinners. I've never seen that at the local match. Right. Like just, yeah. And it, it depends on the club you go to. I mean, the club I'm at right now um, that I'm shooting at regularly is, is York practical shooters in York PA. And these guys, I mean, I don't know how much I would spend and hopefully none of those people listen to this, but I would spend as much as it costs to shoot that match every month. And the same thing goes for, I shoot a match that, uh, that IWI sponsors in, um, at Peacemaker in West Virginia. I shoot, I've been shooting that every month. 
um, mainly just to bother my buddy George Dorbert. Um, I love George. <laughs> yeah, that's my main. That's my main focus point is to just bother him. Um, but I mean that match is a whole nother one where you know they pull out all the stops. You know they have you know Garrett Boop and and Pierre and um, a couple other people that are designing. And George designed one where they're having like guest stage designers. And those guys, you know, somebody else builds the, the match for them and they kind of, we all get to go and shoot it. So, I mean, I guess it depends on your club and how much help you have and how much, um, you know, what your, your arsenal of targets looks like. But some club matches are amazing. And all the ones I've been shooting out here are absolutely balls to the wall, fun as they can get, you know, all kinds of weird kind of gimmicky stuff, which I'm a, I'm a sucker for the gimmicky stuff. <laughs> Well, it's frustrating. My um, my home club now, they're doing some cool two-gun matches um, because they're the whole club. They won't show up if it's three-gun, right? But my buddies are match directors, so they put in times. They put, <laughs> So they put in those, and then they put in a mover, I think at 300 yards or something like that. So you have people timing out left and right, and it's the guys that have never been to a major match, won't go to neighbor. I'm laughing so hard, but what would you tell people, you know, that they get, first of all, they get a cool match that they don't even know that they get a cool match, and then they're bitching about a cool match. And the match directors are like, F your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. So hopefully I get to shoot that in December because I mean they've got the range, they've got the stuff, and time and timeout stages are good for you to push yourself to. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, what sucks about that is that there's there's a couple different ways to look at it. Like you can build an extremely hard match where the top, you know, 20% have a blast. The lower 20% want to slit their wrists and the rest of them are somewhere in between those two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Depending on what stage and when you ask them. Um, and the other end is that you build a match that's, that's very new person friendly, but doesn't really challenge, you know, the top 20%. Yep. So that's a, that's something that you got to kind of weigh, you know, and I was talking to a match director. Um, I was talking to the guy that I don't know if he's a match director or not. I know his name's Aaron and he shoots production and that's, that's, it. that's all I know about. So I knew I was talking to him about it. And it's like, um, you can build a match like a local club match or a big match, I guess, but you can build a match where the stages kind of uh, are around the same kind of time. You kind of squint your eyes and it should be about, you know, 30 seconds and 30 seconds, or you can do 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And everyone is going to be bottlenecked here at this 10 seconds. Yeah at the at the shorter stage and if it's a badass match and i know it that i built a badass match i don't care what you have to say about you know your two squads backed up because yeah. by the time you shoot you're going to have a time in your life right yeah. or you can build one that just flows better um but the stages are going to be you know maybe a little bit more cookie cutter and not so much independently wealthy you know from, from yeah stage yeah and i've shot those i mean that club had prs is prs is their game so it was the same tank traps, the same absolute targets. You shoot two shots per, it's like PRS stuff. And then it would have like five pistol targets. That's what blew my mind, just like <laughs> nothing pistol wise. So when they change it up, you know, people are like, what? But in reality, that's what you're going to see at bigger matches. But yep. I hear you trying to figure out a balance is important, especially for those newbies. <laughs> yep, sure is. Um, so wrapping up here towards the end, you're talking about baseline um, and leveling yourself up, seeing where you're at. So a lot of people do get complacent or stuck, right? So how do people raise their baseline? How can they do that? So I think, so in, in regular life, in everyday life, um, I think it's, in my opinion, foolish to concentrate on things you're not good at. I think that 
it it's a lot more important and a lot more worth your time and your resources to invest in things that you're naturally good at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not maybe not fully abandon the things that you're not good at, but not use them as a focal point, right? Mm-hmm. So we're taught we're taught at a young age that you know, yeah, you got those those four A's, but when this isn't happening in the Kitzmiller household, but in other households, I've heard, oh, you got those four A's, but what about you know this C or what about that B? You know, they focus on that, right? What, yeah. So you have to concern yourself. So we've been programmed from a young from a young age that to concentrate on on things that you're not good at, um, and to not go full Lanny Basham, but like a solid sixty percent Lanny Basham. If you focus on on what you're good at in regular life, you're going to be a lot more happy. You'll be a lot less stressed out. Um, but when it comes to the shooting sports you don't have that luxury, right? So you have to concentrate on the things that you're not good at and you have to exploit them, right? You have to, like for me, like I said earlier, for me, shooting offhand rifle was my detriment. And during that time, I remember, shoot, I remember shooting slugs like haphazardly, just freakishly, ting, 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 like not a big deal. And then, and then as time went on, I started shooting offhand rifle and slugs were my, like, even now, like you'll see me if there's, if there's six slugs needed, I'll have a 15 rounder with like $30 worth of slugs in that right. bit, ready to go to war. And then I'll, and then now I've been practicing enough where it's like, I have this huge mag and I'll, you know, typically maybe throw one makeup. Yeah. Um, if, if that, so it's been a lot easier, but I found those things that I'm not good at. Um, I review my video, um, and I'm honest with myself. When I see myself moving really slow, like at the trigun, I saw myself moving slow. Like I leave notes on my phone. I'll, hey Siri, remind me to move my ass tomorrow morning at six o'clock a.m. So every time I open my phone or or I hand it to, did you hear Siri? I did. Yeah, she's used to me. So, so it's something that um, I, I'll see it throughout the day or. Um, somebody else will see it and they'll say, Hey, why does your phone say, you know, and I'm like, cause I need to move my ass boy. Thanks for reminding me, you know, <laughs> so it, it's being honest with yourself um, and, and making sure that, that you're improving. Um, and I think the best ways that you can do that is to, to, to level up and really be better at this game is to squad with people that are better than you you know like it's so much more fun a lot of times um it's so much more comfortable a lot of times to not shoot with with the monsters that that probably live at your at your local club yeah but if you shoot with the same people and you know you shoot a you're shooting uspsa and you shoot a a solid you know b class classifier or you shoot a a pretty solid b class you know run um then and they're patting you on the back saying good job then you know that's if you don't want to be any better and you want to stay stagnant, um, then that's probably a good place to be. But if you want real solid feedback and you want to be able to, to like you said, level up, um, you got to put yourself in an uncomfortable position at some point, you know, yeah. and, and I did that and I resided there until I was the person that, that was people want to squad with. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. That's exactly what I did. And, um, it, it worked for me. It, it's worked for most people that I've given that advice to. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you're going to, you're going to find me annoying in the next match when I squat up with you and ask you 7,000. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I feel them. I feel them. All of them. I love it. I mean, that's, that's my thing though. And that's the whole thing with the podcast. Um, I'm taking classes. I've got a Travis class coming up in two weeks for a pistol and I, I do want to level up, um, shooting with, well, not super squat, but 
I got to shoot with Nils and Justine Jalise and oh my God, they're amazing shooters. And, um, you know, that luxury again, if I could ever get on Jerry's squad, but like having the pros just watching them, watch their footwork, maybe video them to learn something because people don't often do that. The hardest part too, is, um, not like bringing yourself down. Like you said, with, with, shooters that you're comfortable with or whatever and like my my local dudes back in the day they'd all be up on the same squad every match why got thousands it, of other people to meet because you get to the point where and that's kind of where i'm at with my instagram is that it's not about it's not about anyone but but me when it comes to that like that platform like it's about my sponsors that that help me and and you know and they they support me in in fantastic ways but outside of that and, I, and it's about some of the people that I support that I want to make sure that I'm, you know, sharing their content and, you know, and, and doing my best to support them. But outside of that, as far as what I go there to do, which is view content, mm-hmm. it's not about everybody else, it's about me. So it's really easy in this game. And I don't, I wouldn't blame anybody for doing it, for not, um, you know, sharing and giving back to the community. I mean, that's something that I hold true yeah. to myself and, and it means a lot to me. Um, but I don't, I don't have the unrealistic expectation that everyone should do the exact same thing. Yeah, that's true. I, I wish, I wish they would, you know? <laughs> yeah. But Maybe we not. wouldn't have as many employees in the world either. We'd have entrepreneurs. <laughs> some people, some people just, uh, they're, they're, they're about it for, for the reasons that they want it to be about. And they're not shooting for sponsors and they're not, they don't have to, you know, carry themselves a specific way. And, um, yeah, it's takes a village, right? It does, it does. Oh, um, yeah, wrapping up. Talk about your sponsors and the new sponsors you have. Yeah. So um when I started this season, when I well, I guess when I left Arizona, um, I knew that I wanted to I wanted to change who I was working with with my pistols. Um, and I wanted to change who I was working with, with my rifles, just something that fit a little bit better for me. Um the rifles that I was shooting and the pistol that I was shooting before are fantastic tools for sure. Um, but I had something slightly different. So I was able to, um, through a mutual friend, I was able to secure a, a pretty solid position at Nighthawk, um, shooting those guns. It's a, it's a, it's a whole new thing for me. There's very few people that are representing that company, um, in our games. Um, well, in our game, I don't think anyone is representing them, but me. Uh, and if I'm mistaken, then I apologize, but I don't think anyone is. Um, so that's been interesting. It's a different, you know, different company, different structure, different target audience. Um, the gun's different. There's some, some growing pains that we're going to, we're going to go through. Um, but I'm in, I'm in that whole, this whole thing now with me and my sponsors is about, like I said earlier, kind of growing together and it's got to fit, it's got to work well. Like, I'm sarcastic and, but not too sarcastic, you know, and I like to, to pick on people, but not too much. Um, so I don't know with, um, with Nighthawk, it's been great. Um, it was great at Atlas. I had a good couple of years with those guys and had a good time. Um, I think they're, um, a lot more focused on USPSA and I get it. I'm out of, I'm wishing nothing but the best of luck. And, you know, Mark, Mark and I had a, a pretty decent little chat at the Trigun about that. Yeah. Um, I love mine. I'm still there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love, I love mine. It's in the safe too. It's a fantastic gun. It, it's, it's been the most reliable gun I've had in my entire life. Yep. So and it made me love pistol. I will say that, but yep. that's cool. Nighthawk's cool. Yeah. Um, 
same thing with IWI. I mean, IWI was just the score of scores for me, the right place, the right time with the right guy. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Gresham has quickly become, I mean, the first words that we spoke together, the first words that I heard come out of his mouth outside of, you know, chatting on the phone, like when I saw him for the first time in person was, uh, I think he said, get out of the way, fag, or something like that, yeah. which, I mean, like I said earlier, that's in that realm of, you know, I might want to hug you or fight you. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know, it just, it's been extremely cool. Um, we were instant friends, get along extremely well. Um, the rifles, the rifle is a rifle. Some of them are lighter, some of them are prettier. Um, <laughs> a rifle works, you know, 100% of the time, lights out. Um, yeah. It shoots fantastic. So I can't say enough good things about the Zion. Um, and to be able to do it with, a, you know, just basically a, a, a mil spec gun, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Made, made some adjustments. I put a trigger tech trigger in it and a, a gas block and a, and a muzzle brake. Yeah. yeah, obviously glass and, and a red dot. That's been great. That company is super solid. They give back to our community. I mean, Nighthawk's pretty new to the community, um, but they're they're willing and, and able. And I'm, um, I'm going to go visit them in August. So next month, I'm going to go and spend a couple of days at their ranch house out there in Arkansas. So that'll be super cool and get to know them a little bit better. And uh, and like I said, kind of, you know, grow together and understand what what we're looking for and expectations and we tried to we tried to talk about it on the phone a little bit but i don't know i was born in myrtle beach and uh and raised in in new, just outside of new orleans for a while and both of my parents are southern people so working with uh working with other southern people like that and even jeremy is from he, he went to fsu as well um so he's oh, a oh. boy and yeah. And he'll, he'll remind you all the time about uh about with his accent where he's from <laughs> calling people yankees and doing all that kind of thing oh i love it so it's such a good fit um so i don't know with, with nighthawk it's it's going to be one of those ones where we need to go and meet and kind of kind of chat and see where we're see where we're at and where we want to be and they're super cool casual iwi has been really good like i said they they dovetail right in with vortex and, and dissonant we're all friends yeah um, so yeah, they're Vortex, um, you know, even with with uh, with Ryan Casey at FS Tactical, that's been, you know, that's been fun. He's He seems like probably the most hardworking person that I know in all of the games right now. Um, he seems to always be like blazing busy and he oh, yeah. and I are still kind of learning. You know, I, I throw as, as many people as I possibly can at him and, and let yeah. them know, um, you know, like, you know, as much as I can when I see things that could be big picture, you know, like, gun companies taking them on or um or different companies taking them on as like an on-the-shelf product and how that would yeah. work out and he needs that he knows that yeah go holsters yeah. And, and it's the glocks man i feel like that's where as every single shooter i've had on this podcast it's where they start <laughs> yep yep smart place to start but yeah those those folks are all great um i got nothing but great things to say about about all of them well, and all of them, um, even Vortex and, and Distant, all of them, they're shooters or they have shooters and they take feedback really well, right? So right. they take their products, they're actually at the matches. That's what I love about a lot of the companies too that I work with. It's like, they're actually care for feedback. And like you said, you're probably doing really cool, innovative things and that's exciting, you know? It's definitely fun when you get the, the message that says, hey, there's a new product showing up and you can't show anybody anything. And, you yeah. know, I love it. <laughs> I, I toy, I toy, I have a, a scope that I'm testing right now. Um, and I, 
I put it together the other night and I took a picture of it and I've been toying with, you know, scraping out the, the picture so you can't see the scope and, <laughs> and it ices people and kind of bothers them. And yes, I decided to just leave it alone for now, but yeah, it's fun. Um, but yeah, if your sponsors could be it, like, it took me a while to realize that my sponsors need to be giving back and, and being active. And if they're not, then I'll find one that is, you know? Yep. So that's what I did. Um, obviously, like I said, Nighthawk's still kind of finding their way in the competitive um, in the competitive spotlight and the competitive scene, but definitely dissonant vortex and, uh, and IWI. I mean, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to, to not find a match that, that vortex sponsors. Oh you God, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, even, and IWI is pretty much pretty close with them, you know, yeah. like they sponsor matches and have, they don't even, their shooter slots go unfilled because you know, that that's our small team, you know, doesn't have a, you know, an interest in going there or something like that, but they're still sending certificate or certificates for, for guns and product and stuff. So it's awesome. And dissidents getting there too. I mean, they, they, their, their Texas three gun was a, that was a big deal for them this year, sponsoring that and putting a gun on the prize table. And um, yeah, it's epic. So and that person earned that gun in that weather. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> so for people listening who maybe are new or don't really understand like what sponsors do, what do you want to share that people should realize about what our sponsors truly do for our competitions, our people, the second amendment, all of that? Like, why is that so important? Ooh. <laughs> uh, this is one of the few things that I didn't take note for. Um, so it's important that, 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 that sponsors um, have the, can you still hear me? Yeah. Oh, I had some weird thing flash. So it's important that our sponsors see some sort of payment for the marketing and the things that they do to provide product and provide, um, you know, innovation to our industry. So if you don't, if they don't have the ability, and I don't, I don't know, I think most of them are probably doing it blindly and just assuming that they're seeing a return. Because mm -hmm. if you're not using a, you know, a shooter code type, type um, protocol, you don't know, then you're probably not seeing. Yeah, but I mean, there's, it depends on how you do it. You know, it depends on how you use those codes. And, and, you know, someone like myself, like, I don't give two shits about a code. I don't, I'll, if I have a code, I'll put it on my Instagram, yep. but um, it's not something that I'm not, I, most of my conversations are very organic. I'll have it in person or I'll have it in a direct message or something like that and share with you and here, you try it, you know? Yeah. But having those, having those conversations and allowing those sponsors to um, or those companies to thrive and bring in, you know, new shooters and things like that. Um, it's important that we all do our part to, to share those products, like in person, um, answer those questions. I mean, those of us that are in the positions um, that we worked our ass off to, so I won't say in fortunate positions, I'll say the ones that we earned. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to field those DMS. It's important to answer those questions. Um, it's important to, to share um, when and, and yes, I can help with that or no, I cannot help with that. And this is why, and this is when I can. No, I can't help with friends and family discounts right yeah. now. You know, yeah, I understand you're my dad, but I can't help you right now. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I said all my <laughs> Alice things. Like I go, go to Mike Stoker. <laughs> Just deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, support what's I think, us too is important. Yep. Yeah, they support they support in a lot of ways that we never see. They do a lot of work that we'll never understand. Um, and I mean, it's it's important that we do our best to uh, to at least acknowledge, at the very least, acknowledge that 
they're doing their part. Um, so if, it, if it's all we can do is our part is just say thank you from time to time. Um, I think it's, it's super important. It really is. Perfect. Well said. I think it's super important that if, you're, if you are the sponsored shooter, um, I think it's important that you go a little bit out of your way and understand that the conversation when you're, when you're, when you're hoping to have a sponsor, you know, somebody that as somebody that's looking for a sponsor, what are you doing that someone's not doing already? Right. You know, what do you have to offer? And that should be the first question. Um, it should give be one more of the first you want, Or give more than you are expecting to get. You shouldn't expect anything. And a I, lot of people don't have that. It's not the first, it should be a paramount. It should be a very, very important question somewhere, whether it's the first or last question doesn't really matter, I don't think. But at some point the, the words out of your mouth need to come out saying, how can I help you? And what can I do for you? Yep. And maybe all you can do is, is you know, post a, a video a month or two a week or whatever it is. What are you doing that other people aren't already doing? And I can assure you hundred percent, because I've tried that, crushing all the competition at a local match isn't the way to do it. That's not, you're not setting yourself apart. There's probably on any given Saturday, a minimum of what, I don't know, 43 gun matches, 20, yep. I don't know. Yep. So of there, there's probably three guys at every club that think they're the hot shit. They've never left home that are looking for sponsorships from, you know, I, I don't know, pick your poison. No? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, you're not setting yourself apart. Like, how are you, you know, are you weird? Do you do, do you have a funny shirt that you wear? Are you that guy from Vegas that wears the weird pants all the time? Oh my gosh. <laughs> who, who are you? What do you do to, to make yourself different? And are, are you a, are you a fun person? Are you, are you marketable? Are you a good ambassador? Do you sell this product? Do you use this product? Do you talk shit about the product when you're not using it? Um, that's you know, the worst that I've seen and heard from a lot of people in higher positions. And I, and I'll never have the balls to go talk to that company, right. Or call them or email them. Cause then I look like the bad guy, but so often I'm just like wanting to shake somebody. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot more than it's, there's been a lot of times with, with sponsorships where I thought, is this really worth it? You know, mm -hmm. and it, it has been with most companies. So yeah. There's sometimes where it's challenging. Um, you know, sometimes, I mean, my friend Ruben is, is really good at, at letting me know if I post something that I shouldn't have posted. Um, so, you know, if you're lucky, you'll have someone like Rube that can help coach you into it. Because I mean, in the reality, um, I mean, I've shot for, for Dissonant for three years now, three or, three or four, but my first sponsorship with Dissonant in 2018 was a $500 machining credit, you know? Yeah. It's not like they're sending me guns, you know. Right. What I, mean? Um, I mean, our obviously our relationship has built since then and grown since then. But um, yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a while. So hopefully, whatever your first sponsor is, your second or your third, you have someone like Ruben that can help, you know, mentor you and and help uh, elevate your your intelligence a little bit when it comes to brand ambassadoring. If that's a yeah, it's a thing. I just get so frustrated and people, like you said, you're not an overnight success. This is 10 years in the making, right? And you are a personal brand. I teach branding a lot. Like I just spoke to a college class. I'm like, you're an individual brand. So whatever you say is going to be whatever logos go on your back. It's the same thing, right? Yep. Super important. Um, but thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people need to hear that. And I do think across the board too, like you said, I think everyone, no matter if you want to be sponsored or not, like you should 
be willing to help someone, even if it costs you a little bit of time or effort at a major match, right? Or be willing to, to do stuff that you probably don't want to do or come out of your shell and talk to people and all of the things that you have to do. Like you can't not do that. I don't know. Yep. Totally agree. So <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. We went so far over and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just yeah. a stitch. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts you want to leave people with? I thought about this. Um, I think the main one is, uh, is don't take yourself too seriously. Um, it's one thing to take yourself super seriously on the range. Um, but when, when you're coming off the range and I'm mainly speaking to the people that are, um, you know, the, the people that have the ability to, to really make a difference in this game, um, make sure that you're paying attention to the people that are trying to learn. Um, sometimes they're not going to come and ask. Sometimes you got to go out of your way and, and tell them things that, that they need to hear. Yep. Um, help them adjust that grip. I know Nils has done that for me in times that I didn't want to hear about it, you know, yep. and he'd, he'd share things with me that I wasn't going to hear from anybody else. And he did it in a very professional and courteous way. And it's, it's been some of the best instruction I've ever had in my life is those types of conversations. Um, so having those and taking the time to be a, a good ambassador of not just the, the brand that you're representing or, or the company representing or prospectively, hopefully representing, but an ambassador to, to the sport and an ambassador to, I don't know, humans. Yeah. To life. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, that's, that's overall what it is to just be a, be a good human. Right. Absolutely. Good luck people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do what? Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Just a little bit. So uh, how can people follow you online on social media and all of that? So I don't have a webpage and I don't, I mean, Instagram is by far enough for me. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, my, my Instagram handle is kidsmiller underscore three gun. I'm there daily. He is more than I am. <laughs> I love it. Matt, thanks for your time. Thanks for being on the podcast. And like I said, looking forward to when I get a squad with you. <laughs> Same. Can't wait. It was a blast. It's so much fun. So thanks for listening. Um, and be sure to review, rate, and subscribe to the Reticle Up podcast. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gen Kenzie.